down to business. I got my wild cherry diet Pepsi, and uh, I got my blackjack gum here, and I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling that something rank is going down out there. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You ever seen a grown man naked? Friday, it is THT Movie Review, and we are pretty much on time. Close enough, right, Anthony? Always on time. Well, not yeah. always. <laughs> you know, close. We're close enough. We're close enough. I mean, you know, it's 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 within ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, yeah. every respectable job gives you that you know seven eight minute grace period. Right. Give us a grace period, folks. Right. Seven eight minutes. Yeah, I mean, especially with Skype. I mean, I'm lucky to even be listening to Anthony right now. You know how Skype is. Come on. Come on. You know. Anyway, what's going on, Anthony? Not much. That's it? Just not much? It's fucking Friday. I'm glad to be all... (laughs) Glad to be here with you and all the dozens upon dozens of the THT universe that listen to us every Friday night. That's right, the dozens... And the... Did someone just walk in that door? Do I, do I need to get my gun? <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. <laughs> I'm confused. Anyway, that's uh, that's a normal state for me, is confusion. So that's fine. Anyway. Um, well, shit, man. We, we put up a little list of... Uh, do you have the list we put up, Anthony? Oh, for the from the poll this week. Yeah, let's just name rattle off the movies that they chose from, and then uh, give them the winner, the winner winner chicken dinner. Yeah, yeah, we'll start with the ones that didn't win. 
Uh, let's see. We had Hudson Hulk. Mm-hmm. We had uh, what else? I don't know. I, I'm, I, I don't have it loaded up. I should have. Give me one second here. My computer just froze up on me. But uh, real quick, while I'm looking for that list, uh, again, what did you think of Hudson Hawk? Hudson Hawk was one of, I, I've said before, fucking love that movie. I don't care how bad it is. It's It's got goodness to it. Um, yeah, because that was the theme of the poll this week. I basically said, you know, movies that were so bad they were good. Right. And that, to me, is a movie, that's a, a hidden gem from Bruce Willis, mm-hmm. in my opinion. You might disagree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bruce Willis is in it. Danny Aiello is in it. Um, uh, Sandra Bernhardt is in it. Oh, the, the uh, freak, yeah, like, you know, even though you said she's not the most attractive, but she just looks like she would do dirty, dirty things. She does. She looks like she'd be dirty. And I trust me, I know she's not a hot woman. She's not pretty. But there's something just sexy about her. I don't know what it is. We've had, I mean, it's just, uh, I, there's just something. I don't know. Just something about her. So, yeah, and Hudson I do, Hawk. I'm sorry. I do have that list in front of me now. Okay, go ahead. Hudson Hawk was the first one. The other one was? Uh, over the Top. Over the Top. Uh, Stallone movie. All right, all right. We were talking about that before the show. I had uh, Ladybugs. <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, yeah, Rodney Dangerfield. I, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but that's mm-hmm. like, if you see it, it, it's like a little bit of a silly kitty type plot. But I saw it. So I it's saw gold. It. I, you know, I, I, like, I like Rodney Dangerfield. I like Rodney, so I saw it for Rodney. But uh, yeah, go ahead. Should be a couple uh, more. Let's there. see. We had a License to Drive. Did you ever see that? Is that the one with. With the Quarries. What was that? It's the Corys, Feldman and Heyman. Okay. And Hain. Yeah. Corey been a long time since I've seen that, but uh, I would have definitely had to watch that one again. Yeah, I did. Like, now, real quick, because uh, those guys were big in the 80s, and I was a fan of them. I didn't become familiar with them until the 90s. Mm-hmm. Were they really as big in the 80s as uh, the legend uh, leads most of us that were born in the 90s? They were the teen heartthrobs of the 80s which was creepy because they were like teen well not creepy but it was weird because they were teens themselves you know but yes they were huge the Corys were everywhere and when they finally did a movie together everyone flipped the fuck out um you know which i think the first movie they were in together might have been lost boys oh that's a classic yeah absolutely yeah, I believe that might have been their first movie together. I'm sure someone in the chat would tell me if I was wrong. But, uh, yeah, I believe that that was the, the Corey's first movie together right there. Yeah, and uh, my personal favorite, because uh, I don't know, I was especially Corey Han, I was a fan of their movies. License to Drive was one, but uh, did you ever see Blown Away? Yes. Though not the Jeff Bridges version, but the uh, one they did, one with the Corys and Nicole Eggert at the height of her hotness. Yes, yes, I do remember that. I do remember that. Not a great movie at all. That that could have been on the list, actually. Oh, I, oh, that's one of the, like, this is like part one. Oh, okay. This is, I mean, because there's plenty of so bad that they're good movies that I love. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, let's face it. Roadhouse could have been on that list. Oh, yeah, that's... Um, <laughs> I was tempted to throw that on the list, too. 
I mean, that that movie, I mean, come on. As much as I love the movie Roadhouse, it's not a good movie. I'm sorry. Most most of the action movies that 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 I watch should be on this list. Oh. Oh, speaking of action, the last movie before we get to the winner that I had on the list was uh Chase. The Chase. Charlie Sheen, uh what's her name? Christy Swanson. Christy Swanson, who was Who's in, still hot, by the way, but in the 90s, my they, God, they, the things I would have did to that woman. Oh, they forced her into every movie in the 90s. I mean, high every college slash teen, I mean, higher learning she was in, um, uh, the program she yep. was in. Uh, Another one that I like, I don't know if you like, I, I oh, never yeah, watched the show, I, but I, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I love the movie. I no, never saw that movie. You should see it. Should I? And for nothing else, Chris, once again, like, she, you know, she's held up well, but I cannot stress enough, especially if you watch her in the chase. The, yeah. the, the uh, car scene with her and Charlie, they was like in slow motion. Yeah, yeah, she's... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was like... <laughs> that's probably the movie she's, like, the hottest in, is The Chase. Yeah. Every other movie, they've got her kind of this sort of jockey, athletic girl. Don't get me wrong, she's still hot in, like, the program and higher learning. They got her all fucked up. She's, you know, she dyes her hair blonde and shit, but still hot, still hot. Yeah. Higher learning might have been on there, too. That movie wouldn't do well. Eh, well, I, that, was, that's yeah. a different kind of movie because they weren't really going for laughs. So that, that was like one of those social justice type movies. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. All right. Now so get that to, would be a different list. Get to the winner. Uh, but uh, that brings us to the winner. D -d -d Drum roll, please. Uh, I don't have it. Last action hero. Yes. The hero of the last action. That's right. We got uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger starring in this movie. You've got F. Murray Abraham, Art Carney, Charles Dance, Frank McRose, uh, Tom Noonan, who, if you don't remember Tom Noonan, watch RoboCop 2. He was in that movie, uh, as well as many others. But, I mean, you have cameos in this movie from, uh, uh, Jesus Christ, the Tina... Claude Van Damme, Damon mm -hmm. Wayans, uh... Uh, uh, Jim Belushi's in the movie. Tina Turner is in this movie. Um, you're right. Van Damme is in the movie. Uh, Bobby Brown, MC Hammer, and I'm just touching. You know, there's so many more, and we'll we'll get through. But yeah, I mean, Tina Turner is in the movie for maybe four seconds. Uh, she, she runs up to Schwarzenegger right in the beginning of the movie, and tells him, "Don't go in." You know, jeez, what the hell? I mean, you know, but uh, one quick thing about this movie. The only opening credits we ever see about this movie are the uh, are when Danny, who is played by... Let me go back up top here. Danny Madigan, played by Austin O'Brien in this movie. When Danny goes to the movie theater, and we'll, we'll talk about this, the only opening credits we see are for the movie he is watching. We don't. There's no real opening credits to this movie at all, uh, which again makes it a little more. Uh, you know, Last Action Hero is kind of a weird one. It's sort of a a movie within a movie about a movie. 
everyone sort of is playing themselves, but not really. It's a tough one to grasp, and they kind of made it, you know, they made it ridiculous purposely. Uh, it was made with a lot of, you know, just all the just bad continuity purposely. Um, but yeah, just the, but I mean, there is shitload of cameos in, uh, in this movie, man. Absolutely. Just a shitload. But, uh, you know, I mean, we, obviously this movie is called Last Action Hero. I think you can sort of figure out what it's about. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a action hero named Jack Slater. And he's a badass cop. Of course, where there's a badass cop, there's a there's a, a screaming badass boss who is uh, Frank McRae in this movie, who plays every single screaming boss from every move, every cop movie you've ever seen. So, yeah, uh, I, uh, Bobby can't get through on Skype. It's totally fucking him over. That's not surprising. That's uh, that's Skype, bro. Sorry, man. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it starts off, he's climbing over cars to get to shit, everyone's telling him to stop, there's, uh, there's, uh, a bunch of kids being held hostage on a building, and, uh, you know, he's, like I said, walking over cop cars to get there, really has some nice boots on, they're snakeskin, nice boots, very nice boots, but, uh, you know, this is a movie, our Schwarzenegger got to smoke cigars, any movie he can smoke cigars, he loves doing. Because he really does smoke cigars. <laughs> so, you know, he gets to be himself smoking cigars in these movies. Uh, shitload of cops around. And, uh, you know, he, of course, they're all telling him, you can't go in, you can't go in. Um, matter of fact, give me a couple seconds here. We'll uh, we'll listen to the screaming boss. Here we go. Hold on. It's a, there we go. A little before. Here we go. Oh, shit. Slater! Don't even think it, Slater, you hear me? You're gonna sit and wait for the real hostage negotiator. God damn it, Jack, I'm talking to you. The last time you pulled this job, did it, bug, pop, go, that shit. People lost body parts. Now you go in there. And it's your badge. Jack, I know as mayor of this great metropolis, you and I have had our little tits, but this is the lieutenant governor. Later, here's what I do. The governor gets you to call me. <laughs> this movie's filled with great one-liners. That was Tina Turner, by the way, the the mayor. Um, and obviously she said, "Here's <laughs> this is the lieutenant governor. And he hits him and he goes, call me when the governor gets here. Uh, <laughs> yes. A little foreshadowing to the governor. Yes. Maybe. And that's not the only one. There actually is a little, another little uh, foreshadow in this movie. Um, there's a couple little uh, foreshadows yeah. in this well, movie. Personal and professional. I don't know if you picked up on towards the end, but we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, give me one sec. There was one other about the uh, the governor thing that was in this movie. The film actually makes several references to the governor of Los Angeles, um, you know, throughout the movie. And they said, you know, it does kind of, uh, it is kind of funny that he becomes the, the governor of Los Angeles. So 
the governor. The governor. But um, you know, he goes upstairs and uh, he goes to the roof of the building. There's a character up there called the Ripper, who, you know, and again, if you don't know this movie, you're still just thinking this is the movie. You don't really know what's going on. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, he's got a bunch of kids up there held hostage, and of course, he's got Jack Slater's son hostage also. Uh, they go through a bunch of things. He doesn't really try talking to him, and uh, they back up against the wall. Little fight ensues. He lets go. He shoots the Ripper. The Ripper ends up falling over and takes uh, Jack Slater's son with him. And that's sort of where we see he sort of wakes up. And uh, that was all a dream. It's a kind of a not a dream. Let's call that a nightmare, I guess. Yeah. Um, then but yeah. At, at at that point, that's when the um, actual movie starts. Right. Because we it starts to go out of focus, and we see uh, Austin O'Brien's character watching the movie. Right, right, yeah, and he's walking around, you know, getting he, he, right. He's walking around the theater, and the theater's about to obviously close down. They're pretty much packing everything up, and uh, yeah, he gets to watch the movie. But before he does, uh, his friend at the movie theater, God damn it, what's his name? Walter, right? Is it Walter? Oh, no, it's uh, Nick. Nick? You sure? Yeah, Nick yeah, sounds Robert right. Robert Prosky. Where the fuck did I get Walter from? I think he looks... Maybe you had Walter Mathal on the brain. I don't fucking know. I think he looks like Walter, the... Uh... He looks like a Walter? He looks like Jeff Dunham's doll, Walter. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I can't place him. I, but uh, he's another guy, that, uh, like a Dom DeLuise, that I've seen in a lot of fucking movies. Yeah, I've seen him here and there too. Yeah, just see him here and there, pop in and out of some 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 comedy movies. Um, not really, don't really feel like looking it up right now. But uh, you know, what the fuck? But uh, yeah, I mean, he goes in. He's right when you see Schwarzenegger or Jack Slater wake up in this movie. That's where the movie goes out of focus, and he runs up to theirs, and he's like, "Oh, hey, fix the movie, Nick." Ha ha, Nick, not Walter. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, and Nick starts talking to him, this and that, and, uh, you know, not really much more. But he leaves, and uh, 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 Danny leaves, and obviously they're on the streets of New York here. And he goes to school, and the teacher, they're showing him a movie. Um, uh, The movie playing is... Gladiator. God damn it, I forgot the movie. It's right over here. Hold on a second. I got it. I got it. I got it. Yeah. I want to say it was like a Shakespearean type of play. It was. And if you give me a second here, it was. Hold on. It was actually Hamlet they were watching. Yeah, and he's daydreaming, and then. <laughs> yeah, and then. It's like. Yeah, Jack Slater shows up as one of the characters in Hamlet. And, uh, you know, he's there. He starts tearing everything up, just daydreaming along. But, uh, you know, it's 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 pretty cool. It's kind of got that Sin City feel to it. You know, he throws him yeah. through a plate glass window, and suddenly it's in color. Um, and uh, as he's throwing I mean, I got to point this out. As he's throwing him through the, uh, the window, mm-hmm. 
that primal screen that pops up a lot in uh, different move random movies. I don't know why, but I've always had a a soft spot for that. that <sighs> yeah, yeah. With I the music, you. I don't know why, but I, I've always thought that was hilarious for some reason. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now you know, and then we you know we, we go from that, and uh, you know, obviously he goes home. He's watching TV, of course, watching cartoons. And, uh, you know, this shows his mother in the movie, and she's not in the movie very much. If Yeah, you know, you know he's a latchkey kid. She's lying to the principal about why he wasn't in school for most of the day. Right, right, right. And, you know, he still doesn't go to school. 11, 16, you know, at night, he's wondering what to do. He, of course, needs to go to the movies at midnight in order to watch the pre-screening of Jack Slater's new movie. Now, I don't know why or where they decided to put this in, but it's a little weird. Now, I do want to preference this with one thing. Um, watching this movie, no one thing. This movie was uh, almost booked like wrestling. Filming continued up until the week before this film debuted in theaters. Wow, that's <laughs> all right. Down to the wire, huh? Yeah, this movie was certainly down to the wire. So there were changes. The screening for this film was like a disaster. the The rating, the not the the reviews were horrible for this fucking movie um you know i mean siskel and ebert were saying the movie was too long everyone was saying it was ridiculous meanwhile it kind of became one of those cult classics but they were literally filming until the last minute the week this thing debuted in theaters they were still filming scenes for the movie hey and once again man look i put it on a so bad is good list, mm-hmm. but you know what? The, the movie made money. Well, a shit ton of money, which goes to show you that just because movies get bad reviews doesn't necessarily mean they're not a hit with the public. Yeah. Because I think critics look at things a little more with a more of a keen eye of substance. It's like you look at the movies that get a pick for like best actor or best picture. It's always these artsy fartsy flicks. Very rarely will you ever see a comedy mm-hmm. nominated for an Academy Award. No, no. And this movie really was a box office failure. It says one major reason for the film's box office failure was the unforgiving process needed to have it ready for the studio's mandated June 18, 1993 release date, which left almost no time for editing or fine-tuning. Um, they were, there were discussions about moving the release date to, you know, July or August, but, um, they really wanted to open it. Unfortunately, guess what opened the same week? Uh, Jurassic Park. So Jurassic Park really, really kind of put this movie in the shitter. I mean, we all know how huge fucking Jurassic Park was. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, that movie right there obviously just overshadowed anything that, you know, this movie ever had going. And, you know, this this was kind of a different... You may be able to say this movie was a little ahead of its time. Yeah, and, and let me ask you, you say, we say failure. 
Now we should preface this: the movie was made on a budget of eighty-five million. It ultimately made one hundred and thirty-seven point three million, and they said it could have done better, especially with Schwarzenegger and the plot. Mm-hmm. Had it not been for, like you said, bad timing, scheduling issues, didn't really have a chance to fine tune it. Now, in your opinion, even without the fine tuning and being able to polish it up like they wanted to, would you consider this movie a failure? Like, just after looking at it? Because this is the first time I personally watched it since the 90s. Well, again, I'm sure they wanted it to make more money. And, you know, it it, it might have made more than, you know, we know after the fact. But I don't know. Um, I really think, you know, the fact that Jurassic Park was just a bad movie and it was just bad timing. I don't know if fine-tuning would have made this movie make more money. But, I mean, if you really watch the movie, it doesn't need much fine-tuning, really. It's just a weird, possibly ahead-of-its-time movie. I mean, it's not even. I think it was almost like a parody. It was almost like a tongue-in-cheek parody of Arnold Schwarzenegger flicks up until that point. Yeah, it was. It, it was kind of weird. You're right. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it worked for him. Obviously, it didn't lose money. Anytime a film doesn't fucking lose money, they should be happy. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously, they didn't really make much over the budget, but it's like, hey, they still made a profit. Probably. I mean, I'm guessing they're figuring like. They they had Schwarzenegger. He had he he had Commando. He had Terminator. He had the Running Man. He had Predator. Up until this point, everything he put out, like I think the year before, I'm sorry, two years before, you had Terminator Two, mm-hmm. his biggest hit. So you put his name on something. I'm sure you're expecting two three hundred million, right? Possibly more. Yeah, possibly more, especially with Schwarzenegger coming off those you know big movies. But uh, and Schwarzenegger did consider this his first flop and uh he did all he had his hand in every part of this movie yeah he, i mean now would you say i don't want to say i don't i don't know because i've always been a schwarzenegger mark so I, in my opinion he you know i always went into his movies knowing what i was getting mm-hmm. but would you consider like this the kind of like beginning of his like decline in the 90s no i think was this before or after Kindergarten Cop? Uh, after. Okay. Kindergarten Cop came out in uh, 90. Okay. The rumor... And I like Kindergarten Cop, so don't talk shit on Kindergarten Cop. No, 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 I'm not. I just wanted to know. The rumor is when he wanted to do Kindergarten, kindergarten Cop when he became a dad. He really wanted to do that movie when he saw the script. Um... Rumor is that he wanted, he really kind of wanted to slow the action films down when he became a dad. So that's really the only reason I know. I don't know what his reasons really are for that, but that was one of the rumors going around is, oh, well, he wants to slow down on the action films now that he's a dad. He might have just started taking less action films because he wanted to be around his kid more. You know, he might have just started taking less films. Now I know for the again, I know for Kindergarten Cop, most of that the school scenes were filmed in L.A. where his family was, so he was always around his family. That's one theory, but it could also be the uh, I'll call it the uh, Eddie Murphy slash Rock theory. Uh oh, of trying to diversify your uh, 
your portfolio, so to speak. Mm. You know, once you get older, you can't do action stuff forever. And then, like, think about it. I mean, Eddie Murphy, like, he created a whole new career for himself once he became the fucking donkey. I mean, I, look, it broke my heart to see fucking Eddie Murphy doing comic, doing, like, Disney flicks. Nah. Not cursing, not being the hustler, not being Eddie Murphy, but it, it's no doubt that it he extended his career by at least a good 10, 15 years. And by doing, like, Shrek and those damn Disney movies, Haunted Mansion House, whatever it was. I, I say good They, for they him, were man. terrible. They, Don't get, they I mean, were. Shrek was already obvious. I like Shrek, but of course. a lot of those movies were terrible. <laughs> but, hey, he was still making money. They were. Kids will go see them. Parents will take kids Dr. to go. Dr. Doolittle. It, it, just, it just broke my heart to see a, a kinder kinder gentler eddie murphy it just didn't work for me <laughs> well you were also seeing a calmer richer eddie murphy at that point because uh, i mean like i said do those movies make money parents take their kids to go see those movies no matter how dumb stupid they are they'll take their kids they don't care yeah they do not fucking care <clears throat> so all right back to the movie i guess here is a scene that I didn't really get. Again, the continuity of this movie is all over the place, but purposely. Um, this scene actually does come into play later in the movie. Um, he goes to, uh, Danny goes to walk out of his apartment to go watch the movie at midnight, the pre screening, and some guy grabs him and throws him back in and starts trying to rob him, but they don't have anything. You know, he's basically like, God damn, all you guys got no VCR, no this, no that. You got a shitty TV I'm only going to get 20 bucks for. And he basically, after he tells the kid to chain himself or cuff himself to the uh, pipe in the bathroom, he throws the handcuff key in the toilet and says, go fishing, kid. So, you know, it was just a weird scene, but it is where he ends up in a police station. So, I guess it does actually have some meaning to it, when you think about it. But, uh, so again, now he has a handcuff key, and he has, uh, he's in a police station, talking to the cops. He finally, after talking to the cops, makes it to the movie theater to go see his movie, and, uh, before he watches the movie, his friend Nick gives him a ticket which he says is from Houdini and filled with all these supernatural powers. One thing I do know about Houdini, he didn't believe in supernatural powers and spent most of his career trying to debunk supernatural powers. Ah. And anything else paranormal. Um, that it's, that's, was that's a known thing about the real Houdini. So, you know, it, not a big deal, but something I caught when I was watching the movie. Uh, so, yeah. that was a, a case of creative license. And and it, it's not like I was like, oh, fuck this movie. You know, I mean, you know, it, it again, it, listen, it's a story. This movie is a story. It's, it is fiction. The whole movie is fiction. And that's... That's fine with me. They don't sit there and try to pass this movie off as real life. So, you know, yeah, he gets a ticket. And, uh, 
Nick rips it in half and gives him half the ticket. Again, tells him it's magic and it can do this and do that. And uh, Danny goes down, starts watching the movie. And suddenly, the movie starts coming to life. Uh, and again, this is the only opening credits we get is when they're doing the credits for uh, Jack Slater 4. And the credits are actually kind of real. <laughs> the names are actual except until it gets to Jack Slater 4. So, kind of weird, though. Uh, I do not... Let me ask you something. Yeah. At, you know, after watching this movie, do you kind of wish... Do you think that, like, like had this movie been a bigger hit, right? Right. Do you think they would have transitioned Jack Slater into an actual series of its own, like a spinoff? No. No. You don't think they would have? No, I don't think so. I don't think they would have. I really don't. Because you know, like, for a fact, like, in 2017, if they were to bring this movie out, mm-hmm. they would that, that would be the, they would make it with the uh, expectation of, oh, this is going to be a big hit. Schwarzenegger's attached to it. We can do Jack Slater dolls. We could make a whole, maybe a TV series and have like three, four versions of the movie. You know that you know that they would make it with that thought process in mind. Hmm. Yeah, probably, probably. Yeah, probably. Well, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to like wonder, like maybe even back then, because you look what he's doing now with the Expendables. Mm-hmm. They had three Expendables, so you you got to think that he was trying to come up with that next big series for itself. Terminator, this is before they fucking ran Terminator into the ground with 18 different versions of it. Right. Predator, they they stopped at it too. I think he was looking for another, you know, like another franchise to attach himself to that he can get some mileage out of. That's 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 my thought process on it. Maybe. Cuz they were pushing the hell out of Jack Slater 3, Jack Slater 4, and obviously if you watch it watch this movie, they basically make it seem like it was like this big blockbuster hit. I mean, they were up to fucking four. True. Rocky. <laughs> this was Rocky before Rocky. <laughs> so many fucking Rockies. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I- I'm surprised there have been any more, to be honest with you. I really am. I'm surprised there weren't any more yet. I mean, what would we have? Creed, the last one? Yeah, Creed. Yeah, and I know by the time this came out, we did have five Rockies, but we're up to seven in the series. So, right. And, I, and it's going to be more because Creed was a hit. True. There will be. All right. Bobby's saying he got Skype work, and I saw he log on a little while ago. Hopefully, we'll get Bobby to log on here and jump on with us. Um. You know, again, he's watching the movie, and he's watching, um, he's actually watching, uh, fuck it, let's just play it, goddammit, I need need a couple sips of beer here. He's watching the movie, I'm gonna get to the part right now. Now, the guy he's listening to is, uh, this guy was in Mobsters. Do you know his name? Anthony, the, the, uh, ah. Uh, What's his character's name in this movie? Do you remember? Oh, you mean the guy that had his, uh, I guess, Jack's cousin hold him hostage, you mean? No, yes, the guy that had him hostage. Damn, oh, shit. He was in the movie Mobsters. He actually played uh, the, uh, not Farenzano. 
Who was the other mobster? Ferenzano. And, uh, hold on one second. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it here. Michael Gambone. Yes, thank you. Michael Gambone. Um, again, he was in the movie Mobsters. He he did. He played Fer, uh, Ferenzano. Uh, great, great actor. Um, and for some reason, the only movie I remember him for is Mobsters. Uh, <laughs> Christian Slater, uh, Patrick Dempsey, a movie we need to do. Oh, that's on the list. That's got to be on the fucking list. But uh, he's talking to him in this scene. Or you know they're 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 shaking him down in the scene, actually uh, torturing him, if if you will. And uh, if you give me a second here, I'll get to the scene. Here we go. Frankie, Frankie, why you keep on with the insults? I would never insult you, Mister Fevali. When you lie, that's an insult. I know you Jack Slater's favorite second cousin in the whole world. You all the time talk to each other. I gotta know what Slater knows. And you are going to tell me, huh? Does he know that my mob and Torelli's mob have just signed a secret pact to control... to control all the drugs in Southern California? Uh, we mostly talk muzzle velocities. Guns. Meet Mr. Benedict. A genuine article. And... You'd better believe it. Sometimes he likes to bait while he's shooting people. <laughs> what I'm saying is, Mr. Benedict can take you out as easy as cake. Hi, you Sicilian schmuck. All right, and I played that because we do get to meet Benedict, who is the real bad guy in the the villain in this movie. And uh, we get to meet him, and he's got a glass eye that he changes throughout the movie. Um, here he has a bullseye. It's kind of like he uses his eye as his power throughout the movie. And uh, before we uh, get too much further, mm -hmm. uh, basically the, the uh, within the movie within the movie aspect, Jack Slater Four is surrounded around the fact that a. Uh, he uh, Jack Slater, played by Schwarzenegger, is trying to avenge the death of his favorite cousin, Frank Slater. Right. Played by Art Carney. Art Carney Art in his Carney. last role, his last film role. This was his last movie. What's funny is uh, I was going to mention that, actually. Uh, right after that, Jack Slater, as Jack Slater, pulls up to his house, his favorite second cousin's house. Two cops are about to break in saying they got an anonymous tip that it was a crack house and you know he he does go in and um art carney he finds tied up and i'll i'm gonna play every word he says to him because the last words he says are actually art carney's last words on film 
give me a couple seconds. He'll kick in the door, and uh, then I'll start playing it. Or he opens the door, and here we go. Frank. Jack. Jack, listen to me. Who did this? Listen to me. This is important. Tony Vivaldi and the Torelli mob are joining forces. I'm out of here. Frank. Frank. Less words on film where I'm out of here. Yeah. Little weird. His last verse should have been old Ruffy boy. <laughs> little weird. Little bit. Little weird. Yeah, like you said, this was his last film. Now, this wasn't only his last film. There was another guy we'll get to in a little while whose last film it was also before he passed away. Uh, so, not one but two people in here. This is their last film before they uh, before they died. So. We'll get to it. Don't worry. You know how we love talking death on this show. Um, but yeah, he does that, and he, um, you know, he, so his favorite uncle, his favorite uh, second cousin dies. And on him, though, he sees a note pinned, uh, clipboarded to his chest. He starts going through, and they're numbers. Five, four, three, two. He realizes it's a bomb. And we, of course, get the great, you know, get the bomb from Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, <laughs> wait, here we go. Here we go. It's a bomb! Okay, now, real quick, this, um, you're going to, I'm going to play something here. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and play it because the kid is saying something here and then something else is said. I'm just going to go ahead and play it. I don't give a shit. Here you go. He's okay. Banner wound. Both cops dead. Now he says both cops dead. And uh, one of the cops says something and I want you not only to listen but listen to the music playing right after he says it and then I'll figure out if uh, I bet Anthony might be able to guess what movie this ties right into here you go two days to determine did you hear did you hear it Fucking lethal weapon, Lethal bro. fucking weapon. Black cop says, two days to retirement. And then you hear the lethal weapon theme yeah, yeah. sort of play in the that's, back. That's a good ear. That's a good ear. Well, there's two of those, actually. There's another one later in the movie with Die Hard also. Um, there's some really cool shit in this movie if you watch it and really... I had on headphones watching it. I usually, When I do these movies, I try to come in here and put my headphones on and watch it. So, I got a good uh, a good eye for it. Now, right after this, of course, he starts being chased. Um, Arnold Schwartz, uh, Jack Slater is being chased down by every bad guy in every movie of the '80s and '90s. If you watch the part, he's being chased by the Chinese guy that is the 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 dude with the Fu Manchu. Oh yeah, that yeah, is yeah. In 
I mean, if you name an action movie from 1980, he's in. He's an extra. He has a gun. He's in Die Hard. Lethal Weapon. He's actually in. He's the. Um, he's Joshua's enforcer in Lethal Weapon. That is um, shocking. Mel Gibson with the uh, the battery. That's oh, him. you mean the guy that uh, that uh, he choked out with his leg? Yes, that's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. in Die Hard. He's the guy who uh, takes the Snickers bar and starts eating it, or the Nestle's Crunch and starts eating it when they're about to start, uh, when they just break into the building. Uh, he's in every 80s or 90s movie as an extra bad guy. I yeah. don't know his name. I really don't have time to look for it, but... He's in every fucking one of those movies. Um, as he's watching it, Danny's watching the movie, the ticket is uh, in his shirt pocket, starts to glow, and next thing you know, Jack Slater lights a, stick, a bunch of sticks of TNT with his cigar, throws it behind the car, and it actually lands in the theater. Uh, little Danny throws down his popcorn and runs, screaming Nick's name. And this is where he actually ends up in the movie. So now we're a movie in a movie. This is, and honestly, you know, this movie, it came out in 93, which means it was probably filmed sometime in like 92, obviously. Mm -hmm. These were cutting, these were cutting edge uh, graphics and technology being used here. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Because yeah, it, it seemed the way if you watch it on film, it, it's the transition from real time within the movie to the movie within the movie aspect. It it was like seamless. It was, and it was it was. Well, it was cool. almost like a quick edit, like, and you didn't even notice the jump cut. No, no, no. But it, it, you know, it, well, I mean, again, he was lying down in a car, looking up at the sky, so it was easy to do the jump cut. Just you know, fade to white and open to white. <laughs> so that's pretty much what well, they got did. Fucking Martin Scorsese over here. Yeah, you know it's kind of what they did. Basically, it wasn't. I, I doubt it was that hard to do. But I mean, again, they didn't have much time for editing in this movie. But they are driving down the street. They are tearing the place up. Slater's not even looking and shooting his gun. The car is driving itself. Uh, again, they're in the movie world, and he, it, Slater doesn't know it. Again, he thinks this is all real in his world. So, now, Box, now Box let me ask you. Mm -hmm. You're a gun owner. Yes, I am. And uh, not just in this scene, but in general. Does it kind of, like, not bother you, but do, do you kind of laugh at the uh, gunsmanship, the marksmanship of some of these people in the movies, the way they hold the guns, their form? Do you find yourself judging the way they hold their guns and shoot boom 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 and all that kind of stuff some people you can tell they've never held a gun but a lot of the actors now are actually doing training when they do like this like I know Keanu for John Wick actually did real training like with like rifles and guns and handguns and shit like that so you know <clears throat> he knows what he's doing but, I mean, sometimes you can watch a movie and people just look awkward or, like, they don't even want to hold the gun. Like, they're scared of it. So, how would you grade uh, Schwarzenegger? Because, obviously, Schwarzenegger, has, at least on film, has a lot of experience with guns. How would you grade his form? Well, he's a gun guy, really, so he's fine. He is. He He's fine. There's just, I mean, it's not many, and it's not something I really look for, but... 
sometimes you can just see someone that's awkwardly holding a gun, and you're like, I don't think they've ever held a gun before. But um, most of these cop shows now, they they do get the guys in a in a range and stuff like that to at least shoot. A real <laughs> I mean, gun. obviously in real life, you don't you don't do that little stupid deal where you hold your gun to the side and start shooting. <laughs> I mean, that, that's what I see. Like, I'm looking at you now. You're rolling your eyes. That's what I mean. Like, when you see people, that that little stupid little gun motion holding to the side. <laughs> you're going to get hit in the face. You are going <laughs> to get hit in the face with a shell if you turn your gun that way. Number one. Number two, it's completely inaccurate. It's it's for the movies, and that's where it should be left is in the movies. Um but yeah, anyway, speaking of the movies, um, anyway, a, a little thing I mentioned, I noticed he, uh, when he's, after they finally get away from the bad guys, Jack Slater in the movie pops in music, and they don't put a cassette, they don't put a CD, he uses a mini disc. He actually, wow. yes, I was one of the ones that got sucked into the mini disc uh, thing that they were going to be the next big thing. Yes, you actually brought this up on an episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I got I sucked. Into I remember it. this. Yes, yes, I did. I had the mini disc player for you know you plugged into the car and everything, but uh, they sucked. The reason they sucked is because you it, it was like a cassette tape. In order to record music, you had to play the whole song. Uh, Unlike a DVD, you just go, okay, click, 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 and it's done. You know, okay, burn. So that's one of the reasons I think mini discs didn't last, or but their quality was great. It was really good quality. So I don't know. I, I got rid of mine years and years and years ago. I think I might have pawned it for like 20 bucks. I, I, I didn't even care. <laughs> Didn't even fucking care. But, uh, yeah, I, I, just something I noticed. He pops in a mini-disc. But, uh, you know, they're just driving. And, again, this kid doesn't know where he is. They're going up against all these types of bad guys. You know, they're pulling out machine guns and, you know, breaking through. there. And, uh, you know, Slater and this kid are jumping cars off of fucking bridges and shit. And, uh... They finally end up driving back to the police station. But the kid keeps saying, we're in a movie, we're in a movie, we're in a movie. And Schwarzenegger doesn't really believe him. Obviously, doesn't believe him. But, uh, you know, there's really cool shit happening. Finally, they do end up at the Los Angeles police station. Now, quick thing. Uh, Two quick things, actually. This L.A. police station, the police station uh, is actually the lobby of an administration building on the Sony Pictures lot. And it was also used as the lobby of the television station in The Running Man from 1987 with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ah, uh-huh. did I? Uh-huh. No, thank you, IMDb. Uh, but when he does walk into this um right when he walks into this scene or the uh police station they i mean you know he goes to the police station they're valeting his car now right when he walks in sharon stone walks out but it's not as sharon stone she walks out as her character uh, Catherine catherine tramell 
from Basic Instinct. Instinct. And, of course, you also see Robert Patrick from Terminator 2 walk out in the cop uniform from Terminator 2. Uh, people were a little shocked to see uh, Sharon Stone because her and Schwarzenegger clashed a lot on the set of Total Recall just three years before this. But I guess the rumor is uh, Schwarzenegger reminded her that Total Recall did help her career. So she went ahead and did this quick cameo. But uh, it's just a real quick thing. But you can see her walking out and lighting a cigarette. Ah, uh, yeah. memories. Yeah, but it's... That's, uh, yeah, it's basic, yeah, that's, that's another one we gotta get to. <laughs> yeah, been a long time since I've seen that one, too, man. But, uh, you know, they, they go into this police station, and again, I'm gonna have to play the the scene where the, the boss is yelling at him. Those are probably some of the best scenes, but, you know, he's walking through the, the, the police station, there are bunches of people there, and, uh, you know, just... Women and and really hot women walking around. Uh, an animated cat that is yes. Danny DeVito's voice in this movie, yes. <laughs> obviously. And, and uh, real quick, while I, while you're mentioning, like you mentioned, hot women. Mm -hmm. I love how, like, once again, the mind tricks this movie plays on you. You have Danny walking. He said, "Look at all the women. Mm -hmm. Everybody's hot. Everybody's attractive. Nobody looks like a regular person." This is how you know it's a movie. <laughs> this, yeah, and he's right. Yes, which is true. Definitely true. All right, let's get to the. Uh, let's get to where the boss yells at him. I I just love these parts because he starts like jibber jabbering, uh, yelling so much. Look at the cheering, the cheering. Yeah, the, I think this might be the part. <laughs> no, it's not. Got the city council chewing my eggs off for the plane you crash. I got the mayor scheduled parades up my Lincoln Tunnel for that stunt you put on the beach. Now everybody want to know where they are, where they are, where we are be. Do I make myself clear? I'm just doing my job. You're giving this department the worst reputation in the country. Now I get the chamber of commerce doing cartwheels in my cocoa factory. Radcliffe, you so you're pulling duty with the animated cat. I am toots. <laughs> There's the animated cat, by the way. Again, Danny DeVito. They did play together in Twins. Yes. Most people should remember that movie where Schwarzenegger was pregnant. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm getting a flea bath later. Join me? Who touched me again, furball? Hey, Julia, I can prove this is a movie. Who the hell are you, kid? Look out there, this is cartoon cats. He's supposed to be back on duty. He was only suspended for a month. Now shut up. Listen to what I'm saying. An animated cat just walked into the squad room. Hello? He'll do it again tomorrow, so what's your point? That cat is one of the best men I got. Yeah. Now who is this twerk, and where is that smile on his face? I just love the way you two fight. The way how you really feel about each other. Well, pray tell. Just how do I feel about this weird-looking sack of puppy poo? Your dearest friends. After your wife left you for the circus midget, and Jack told everyone he drove her to New England to the diphtheria clinic. When he came back, you said, you saved me from public humiliation, Jack. You're my dearest friend. And you promised me you wouldn't tell. <laughs> I didn't. Well, then I didn't know. Jack Slater won. What's winning got to do with this? No, the very first Jack Slater. You told your dad. I didn't tell anyone. 
I don't even know this kid. Well, he seemed to know a lot about us. Uh, the very first... You told your dad? <laughs> New York's never heard of you, Mr. Mannequin. Uh, What's your real name? They start questioning the kid. They've got a light in his face. I'm not going to play the scene. I didn't mean to keep it going from there. They've got a light in his face. They're interrogating the shit out of him. Um, but, you know, eventually the uh, the guy makes him his partner, the the lieutenant, which, again, ridiculousness. Yes. And uh, once again, like Danny, even though he's the kid, he, he's almost like the voice. Or he's almost speaking for the common sense people like you and me that would look at this movie and go, if this were real life, they would send me off to a... They would put me. They would hook me up with a social worker, not make me your partner. Yeah, exactly. Like, like when you watch these, like you know, like they another movie that came out this year, Cop and a Half, had a similar plot. plot eight year, make the eight year old an honorary police officer. In real life, <laughs> it doesn't happen like that. But I do kind of wonder. Obviously, this is movie. It's dramatic effects. But do you think that on a uh, less cartoony as on a less cartoony level? that a lot of these uh, arguments happen within the offices of uh, police officers and their superiors. You're a loose cannon. <laughs> Probably not to this, you know, degree, but yeah, I'm sure they really do. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure there's definitely shit like this. <laughs> you uh, think we got, like, you think, uh, like, uh, most police stations had that hot shot officer, that hot shot Martin Riggs, uh, take too many chances? Yeah, there you, there you exactly. Um, you know, and they do show, you know, so again, he's trying to prove to Slater that this is a movie. It's a movie. So they go to the movie store. He starts looking at up trying to find the Schwarzenegger movies. The first movie they go to is Terminator. Um, and, and <laughs> oh, God, and, this is hilarious. And it's Stallone. On the cardboard cutout, not Schwarzenegger, and you know it's it's funny though because here, give me a second here. I'll play it. No, it isn't possible. What's not possible? He's fantastic. This is his best performance ever. But that was you. You were in that movie. You were in a movie. Yes, it was called. The girl of my dreams. Okay, this is corny Arnold Schwarzenegger. I felt, felt like I was watching Pumping Iron for a minute here. I was like, oh, God, he's hitting on the chicks again. But, uh... Hey, when you're Schwarzenegger and you're jacked like he is, you don't, have, you don't have to have him... You don't have to hit him with your best material. No, you really don't have to do much. But, uh, again, he's trying to prove his point. Um, and he brings up the 555 thing. Um... There's another stupid mistake he makes here that I read on IMDb. I'll bring it up real quick. Fuck it. Here, let's hear it. 3812. Amazing. I'm willing to bet that everyone has a 555 number. So? So? There can only be 9,999 numbers that start with 555. Actually, it's 10,000. You missed one, kid. Zero, 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 zero. Ha! You little shit. Thank you, IMDb. Bang. How many people live in L.A.? Eight or nine million. Aha! Uh -huh. That's why we have area codes. <laughs> Is this your kid? This? Oh, no. <laughs> this Man, is Bob. a mental patient, and I'm going to take him downtown. Come on. Wait. 
We're getting to the end here. Okay, I got one. What about this girl right here? She is way too attractive to be working at a video store. I agree with you. I think she should be working with us. On the cover, of course. Look, the point... He's a perv. But anyway, go ahead, Anthony. No, I was saying, uh, do you remember the days where you actually, before uh, you actually had to dial the area code where you could just dial a number on the old rotary dials? I actually do, Anthony. I do. Don't worry, I'm, you know, I'm not, this is not a shot. I actually remember those days. So my grandparents had the uh, old rotary dial phones. Ah, uh, yeah, I, I do remember. <laughs> now, real quick, one of the, the, when they do walk in this movie uh, store and there's a movie playing on the television, that's Thunderheart with uh, Val Kilmer. Ah. That is a really good movie, too, if you've never seen, have you ever seen that? I've heard of it, but no, I haven't. I can't say I've seen that it. That is a great movie. Uh, is that 80s? I No, 1992. Wow. No, 90, it came out the year before this, but it was still sort of a big movie. Um, but it was re- it was a great movie. I really, It's kind of hard to... I mean, it's not really hard to explain. Val Kilner is a, kind of an Indian. You know, he's got some Indian blood in him. Not, not like... Pakistani, like Native American Indian blood in him. And, and uh, you know, he goes to a little place and he's trying to help these people, but he's an FBI agent, so he's trying to do his job and he's conflicted. And But it's a really fucking good movie, man. It's a really good movie. He finds out the FBI is setting him up and all this shit. Crazy, crazy movie, but really fucking good, man. Really fucking good. And again, I like Val Kilner, so... Maybe I'm a little biased, but great fucking movie. Um, so yeah, but now they go from here to meet. I believe they go from here to meet his daughter. No, this is where they go and they meet the. Uh, <clears throat> Danny says, "I can prove to you this is a movie. I will take you to the house that they tortured." your favorite cut your favorite second cousin frank and he actually does get him there and uh they start talking to benedict and first of all the first guy though that opens the door i'm going to actually play this part the first guy that actually opens the door uh his name is professor toru tanaka this was also his last movie too Ah, this was the bad guy from um I believe he was in one of the uh uh Spy Who Shack, not the um Austin Powers movies. Austin Powers flicks. And he was in some of the Bond flicks as a as a bad guy too. Oh yeah, I can't remember which one, but yeah, I definitely remember seeing him in one of the blind blind flicks. Yeah, yeah, and he was the guy who threw a shoe at Austin Powers in the uh, in the second one, I believe. The spy, yeah, spy shaggy. Yes, yes. So, but uh, again, they go to the house, and uh, it's sort of a funny scene. So, what the hell? Why don't I play it? May I help you? Yes. Could I speak to the drug dealer of the house, please? I beg your pardon? It's a beautiful day, and we're out killing drug dealers. Are there any in the house? (laughs) 
You're ready for anything. Wait, where are you going? I'll be back. Ha! You did not gonna say that, did you? That's what you always say. I do. Everybody keeps waiting for Do I even need to bring up where I'll be back? Yeah. Come on, I mean, man. I mean, I'll be back. I mean, come on, we all know that one. So yeah, he worked that in there. Me to work it in is kind of like your calling card. His catchphrase. <laughs> I understand you're interested in drug dealers. Yes. Jack, that's him, the henchman with the glass side. Sir, are you a henchman? No, I only go as far as lucky. Will there be anything else? Yeah, take off your sunglasses. Who's asking? The Tin Man. Well, Tin Man, suppose you hit the bricks. Nah, they're the wrong colour. Are they? Oh dear, by all means, let's change them. Would arterial red suit you? Okay, that was a quick Wizard of Oz reference, if you didn't catch it. Hit the bricks, they're the wrong colour. Yeah. Get it? Hit the brick. And there's yeah. another Wizard of Oz reference coming up in a minute. Um, now, when he points, though, he's pointing at some dogs, and he says they're very well-trained. They even go into a pyramid uh, on command, which is just funny. Um, you know, but uh, again, you have to be watching that. But uh, here you go. So after that part... I snap my fingers again, and sometime tomorrow you emerge from several canine recta. Or you and Toto can go back to the land of Oz. There you go. There's that second Wizard of Oz reference. Questions? Yeah. Two of them. Why am I wasting time and time stop parts like you? I could be doing something much more dangerous. Like rearranging my sock drawers. And two? How exactly are you going to snap your fingers after rip off both of your thumbs? Now... I'm not 100% sure if this is a Blues Brothers, sort of a Blues Brothers reference or not. But there was a sort of line just like that in Blues Brothers. When, you know, he was talking about something at the end, sort of the end where they're at the uh, the country bar and they're getting ready to leave. And uh, the leader of that other band goes, you know, how are you going to say that when you got no fucking teeth? So I'm not sure if that was what they were referencing here, but it made me think of that part. But Interesting. Yeah, it just made me think of that. Again, I'm not 100% sure. But, um, you know, he tells the guy to have a nice day. Uh, Benedict has a uh, <laughs> Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Another line from Blues Brothers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How well do you think that line will go over today? I I don't think you could really truly remake the real Blue Brothers Blues Brothers movie again today. No fucking way. Oh, uh, you don't think so? Yeah, uh, it would be the most political it would be horrible. Politically correct and shitty. That's exactly what it would be. Politically correct and shitty. Um Anyway, on their way out, this uh, Benedict hears Danny look at uh, Jack and go, hey, that wasn't him, and he had the bullseye in his eye. Um, you know, so he's like, holy shit, how did the kid know? 
So there you go, immediately there, trying to figure out why. The boss, in the uh, again, played by uh, Michael, whatever his name was. Uh, sorry, guys. I'm exhausted today. Leave me alone. But uh, he basically tells them, get to know what, what they know a little more. This is where they end up going to uh, Jake Slater's daughter in this movie, who is played by Bridget Wilson, uh, who is now Bridget, Bridget Wilson Sempras. I guess she got married. Uh, you'll know her from Billy Madison and Mortal Kombat. Uh huh. Jeet Wilson. Yes. Yep. Yep. She was again. She is an a. Uh, she is an incredible looking girl. Um, but uh, again, there's another strange line in this movie that again kind of brings fiction to fact. Uh, I'll play it in just a second here. Right after she screams, right when he opens the door, Danny does. She gives him a big kiss. Um, and be, it's some college prank, but he starts talking to himself. Life. But I just want you to know, from now on, it's all got to be down. Sweetheart, <laughs> wonderful. Thank you. So, who's your friend? He's cute. No, he's not cute. He's hopelessly insane. Very soon he's going to tell you he loved you and gone with the wind. This is her first movie. You see? <laughs> okay, he says this is her first movie. Hey, guess what? It is. Yes. This was her first actual film role. She had done some Save by the Bell, and I believe she was on Guiding Light, the soap opera oh. TV series, but this was actually her first film debut right here in this movie. So, again, a little, uh, a little fiction for fact for you. So wow. this really was her first movie. You know, then we saw her in, actually... She was in Higher Learning also. Wow. I just remembered that movie we already mentioned. She was in Higher Learning. She was in, again, Billy Madison, Mortal Kombat. Uh, she's done a few more movies since then. Yes. So, but, uh, you know, in the, this is, an, uh, they, Benedict does go to this house where they're at. He goes, finds them. And it basically becomes screaming, screaming, screaming. I'll go ahead and play it. Fuck it. It's kind of visual, but I don't care. Hello, Toto. Jack around. Mr. Slayer's off tracking a lead somewhere. Joe, would you teach her the virtue of silence? Right. Benedict, if you harm a hair on her head... Stop! Now, he actually takes one hair off her head, walks over to him, and breaks it. And goes, you were saying... But, I don't. again, there's a lot of screaming. She plays like a scream queen in this part and she just screams her head off throughout most of this fucking scene. I don't want to torture anyone's ears, so I will not do that. 
But uh, you know, there and there, she's she ends up kicking one of the guy's asses, and you know they do end up getting out of this little predicament. Jack Slater ends up coming in and saving him, of course. Uh, again, this is an action movie called The Last Action Hero. Yes. So he does go in and save him. He's jumping off of houses. Now, I did want to bring this part up because after Slater starts chasing the uh, Benedict down, Danny grabs a bike and he starts chasing him. He says a funny line in the movie. I'm in the movie and I'm missing the best action. But as he's riding the bike, we get a quick uh, quick homage, if you will, to E.T., yes. where he actually rides right in front of the moon, just like the, if you ever look, the cover of E.T., that's the cover of E.T., is him literally riding the bike yes. in front of the yeah. moon. <laughs> Don't laugh, Box, but uh, somewhere in my, uh, in my home, in my basement, I actually still had the uh, old VHS That's a good one. E.T. That's a good one to own, man, because that... That movie was so big. I would not doubt if that movie had a re-release in the next few years. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm, I'm actually surprised they don't do it already, like a yearly type thing. Yeah, it was. I mean, that's a huge. That was such a big fucking movie. Um, now in this little scuffle that they got into in the apartment. Benedict gets a hold of the ticket, doesn't really realize what it is until he gets in his house and starts uh, cleaning stuff off. Then he realizes the ticket is basically a path to a new world. And I do want to play this because there's another reference once he finds it. Let's see if it gets to it real quick. Hold on. Opens his wallet, the kid's wallet. I was a little too far behind here, but I'll just talk our way through it. Yeah, he's going through the wallet. He finds the ticket. He sees the ticket glow a little bit and wonders what it is, walks over to his wall, touches it, and the ghost opens a portal. But here's what the funny part is. Obviously, that was Twilight Zone. Yeah. I, th- I I figured the most fun of this movie would be to pick the scenes where they're kind of homages, homages yeah. or the references or, you know, anything you can get. I figured that would be the best way to sort of do some of the scenes because a lot of the, this movie's visual. A, a yes. lot of this movie is visual. I mean, I'm sitting here yeah. looking at Bridget Wilson right now. Visual yes. as now, hell. Box, real quick. Oh. I, had to, I gotta ask this. Uh, you know, we're halfway through the movie now. We're at the halfway point. And uh, obviously, like, in typical, you know, Schwarzenegger fashion, not just in this movie, he's normally like the big baby face. He doesn't sell too much. Obviously, <laughs> Terminator don't sell too much. And I'm gonna make a little bit of a wrestling reference here. Do you think, out of all the movies he's ever been in, that in terms of, like, the baby face in peril... That he sold more in this movie than he has in any other movie? Like an action movie I'm talking about. Uh, probably, especially when he went into the real world. 
But, I mean, you got to remember there's a movie like The End of Days where he dies. Yeah. Zell's pretty fucking good in that movie. He dies. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like, even though, like I say, obviously he's not he's not a, an American-born citizen. But even not being American-born, it just seems like Schwarzenegger always had to make himself look strong. And I, and this is like the first movie I remember seeing like, wow, Schwarzenegger's show, even as a kid, he's showing vulnerability. Well, again, he... <laughs> I mean, he, I don't think he wanted to... I think he wanted to be more of a serious actor than a an action guy, but I don't know, man. I... I I'm sorry. Yeah, look, I, I like Schwarzenegger. Yeah. But I don't know. Do you honestly... Could you picture him like in a real serious type of role? I don't know, maybe it's the accent, maybe we're used to the catchphrases. That's what it is. For some reason, I don't think he could pull off, like, a a Dustin Hoffman or De Niro type of role. No, no, no. And, and like, you, because you would always think of, you know, you would always, the Determinator, the the Governor, you would always think of that Schwarzenegger. Well, unfortunately, the guy is a parody of himself. You know what I mean? He's, He's a parody of himself, is what he is. But yeah, he, he's. I'm not gonna say he's typecast himself because he hasn't. But a serious. I mean, he's not like Robin Williams, who can be. You know, who could? I'm sorry, could be the off the wall comic, and then be the complete psycho. Which and I know that's yeah, and I know that's a weird kind of. But you know what? I'll bring up Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey can do both. I mean, look at a movie like Liar Liar, where he does have sort of both roles. He's the funny guy, but he also plays the real serious dad. You know what I mean? Jim Carrey has the range to do that. Arnold doesn't have the range to do it. He's either the badass or the, oh, look, it's Kindergarten Cop or, you know, something like that. He... And it's not that I don't think he doesn't have the range. You said it. The accent's obviously a little off. But, I mean, the most serious role I've ever seen him in probably would be like something like Red Heat with Belushi. Where he, wow, that, that's going back, Well, too. he played, I mean, he. I don't think he smiled one time in that movie. He was a serious Russian police officer. And, you know, we do mention Belushi's in this movie. I'll play the part at the end of the movie where Belushi... Uh, He's like, yeah, I don't like the guy, but uh, they had already, they had had a movie. <laughs> serious? Yeah, they had had a movie come out ten years, about ten years before this. So, you know, it's just fun, fucking Belushi, you know. But uh, yeah, back to it real quick because we, we don't have much more here. I, I'm flipping through pretty fast. Uh, we get to another little scene where, in order to try to make. Jack Slater realize this is a movie and the kid realizes holy shit it's a PG-13 movie he can't say the F word so he pulls out a little pad of paper writes the word what we can only assume is the word fuck on it and tries to make Schwarzenegger say it and uh eh kind of uh, what the hell Say this. Hey, grow up. Just say this one word. 
This is another one of your movie proofs? Maybe. Kid, I don't want to say it. Say what? You can't. You can't possibly say it. Because this movie is PG-13. Admit it. Officer Slater, the guy with the missing eye. I saw his license plate. Good for you. You mean the guy with the glass eye? No. When he was running for the car, it was missing. It's got words. Vengeance is. Don't touch! Now. You set the bell up! That bomb explosion yeah. was actually one of the one of them from lethal weapon <clears throat> a different camera yeah. angle from lethal weapon the explosion uh, in uh, uh, there's another explosion in this movie that i'll that they explode his his uh, ex-wife's a place and um that is from last boy scout Ah, yeah, you're That's right. That's the exact explosion from Last Boy Scout. So, I have not got to the part where uh, ACDC's big gun plays. Uh, but quick fact about that: they were that move. That song was written specifically for this movie because Schwarzenegger asked ACDC to write the song for the movie. So we will play that at the end of the movie. I promise we will. So, there you go. And, of course, they're back in the lieutenant's office getting screamed at. And, by the way, the word fuck does get used in this movie, and I will let you know when it is again near the end. But here we go. I got the California Ranger, Captain, doing all me a bunch of the Donna Ann Frank, doing all me a bunch of in my foot of sleeper, Donna Demon, step going to the donut. So what? You ball peen, Jack Aminas. I'll slip them out all the cut second toes and take from you. You know, you're thinking about your marriage, which you're going to get down the beach, go down the beach. You know, you take the chicken off the back and stick it out. Well, see if this is clear enough. Give me your badge. And this time you won't get it back. He literally had smoke coming out of his ears. It was kind of, again, this movie is absolute ridiculousness, but they're also trying to force the ridiculousness to let you know that this is a movie. I mean, right here, they actually pair a guy up, uh, partner uh, another police officer with the digital uh, imaging of Humphrey Bogart, the black and white digital image of Humphrey Bogart. You know, I mean, but it, it, the ridiculous in this movie, it, he may have said cocksucker. B makes said, did I hear cocksucker? <laughs> he might have. You never know. But, uh, but I mean, but, like, I mean, I enjoyed it. And like, obviously, we get a lot of the tie ins to old movies and characters and this, that. And yeah. But do you think like to like the casual viewer, so to speak, that this is a little bit too meta? Like 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 two in, like uh I guess two inside, two inside. Like you would really have to be know the other movies. You would really have to kind of like be like a movie buff or just into like the behind the scenes Hollywood aspects to really get a lot of the references. Some, I mean, uh, I think some of the references are very apparent. Um, but trust me, I'm going to tell you right now. There's references that 
I didn't get until I looked them up. Um, I mean, take for instance the next scene, F. Murray, uh, what's his name? Abraham. F. Murray uh, Abraham comes in, and you know, basically, what's his name brings up uh, the kid brings up. Oh, he's the one that killed Mozart. Well, guess what? He really was in Amadeus. You know, ah. I didn't know that until I looked up his name, though. He was in the movie Amadeus, so he really did kill Mozart in the movie. You know, it's it's one of those things. But um, and, and by the way, I, I, F. Murray, he's in. He's in a ton of movies. Uh, he is in Loaded Weapon, not Lethal Weapon, the funny one. He's in Mobsters. We did bring up Mobsters. He is in that movie. Um, he plays Arnold Rothstein in that movie. Uh, he's in Cadence. He's in uh, Scarface. He's Omar in Scarface. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, what else is he in? Well, I've seen him in a few different things myself. I mean, he goes back to Serpico back in 1970. Oh, yeah, fuck. 1973. I'm myself. He was in uh, Surviving the Game. Surviving the Game. Very good. Very good. I, uh, there's another movie. I don't know if you. This is a uh, going back 20 years. Mimic. Remember a movie called mm-hmm. Mimic? Mimic. Mimic. Yep. He was in Mimic. He was in um, uh, Thirteen Ghosts. I liked that movie. With um, not Peter Berg. I think Matthew Lillard was in that movie. Shaggy. The guy who does <laughs> Shaggy for everything. But, I mean, this guy's been in a ton of movies and TV shows going back. He's been in, he's been in Blue Bloods, uh, <laughs> of course. He was in uh, another movie, uh, Finding Forrester. I remember him in that. Yeah. Yes, he was. Yeah, he was. Just been in a ton of fucking movies and has stuff coming out, obviously, still coming out right now. Oh, Bob, real quick, you brought up um, Blue Bloods. Mm-hmm. Were there any uh, NYPD Blue references? Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, we, we, yeah I, I, we're halfway through, but I, I can't let a show go by without an NYPD Blue reference. No, there is. And you know what? I kind of watched the movie, and I'm like, man, I don't see anybody in here from uh, NYPD Blue. And then I'm watching, and I'm watching, and one of the rookies in this movie, one of the rookie cops that he was talking to, is uh, his name is Gnome Emmerich. And uh, he did do one episode of NYPD Blue. Actually, it was one year after he did this movie. Ah. NYPD Blue was his fourth role, and ah. I do. Now, was he like was he like a recurring character? Or did, he was uh, only in one episode. One episode. Uh, one. one episode. He's done. I mean, he was in Melrose Place. This guy. He was in Copland. Ah, another one we got to get yep, to. Yep, he was in Copland. He was in the Truman Show. He was Truman's best friend in the Truman Show. Uh, he was in Life. He was at West Wing, Frequency, Wind Talkers. Have you ever seen Wind Talkers? It's been a long Nick time. Nick Gage, uh, Christian Slater. Another movie I would love to do one night. That's another one of the... Uh, we're having a lot of Native American... Uh, Little uh, little conversation tonight, but that was another Native American movie. Um, now, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna put you on the spot real uh-huh. quick. Uh, I guess I'm a, I should have brought this up a little bit earlier, but um, that little scene in uh, I guess it was 
it was a blockbuster video with uh, Stallone as the Terminator, yeah. right? Then yeah. now that was a little inside joke because obviously they had like a little professional rivalry, nothing serious. They were friends in real life, but they had a little, little bit of a professional rivalry. Right. Man, if you had to choose in terms of like action stars, who would you say you enjoyed more? Uh, I like, would you pick one over the other? Oh my god! Would say what? Would you say one had the edge? You know what, dude? I I I hate to say, but I think I would pick Stallone. Stallone's got you think, like do you, you you think he had more range? I think he did, man. I mean, you've seen him in. You know, you've seen Stallone in the comedies. You've seen him in the in the action. You've seen him in the more serious roles. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he has, but even he's another one. Like, with, I just you know, he got he still got the accent. He got the draw. Yeah, but you know, Stallone didn't go into politics and take a break from acting. Stallone did movies the whole time. You know, the the the, the was fucking you know happening. Stallone was kicking out movies. Yeah, not all hits, but hey, <laughs> not everybody, not everything can be Rambo. But I, you know, for every Rambo, there's a specialist, which was pretty good in my opinion. I like the specialist. I like the I like the assassins. Specialist was great, dude. I don't give a fuck. You put James Woods in a movie, and I don't give a fuck what anyone says. Eric Roberts was badass in that movie. Eric Roberts should have got more acting. I really think he, him being Julia Roberts' brother was a fucking hindrance to him more than a, a, anything else. That man should have done so many more movies. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is kind of a shame. Like you would think that you know being Julia Roberts' brother would give you some type of uh no some type of a head. No, up. it got him best of the best, which. Hey, I, I, hey, I, I enjoyed Hey, those. I like all of them. I like the first one, the second one, the third one. It was five of them all together, wasn't it? Uh, did I? I said happenated. <laughs> Whatever, man. I'm on my fifth beer. Leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> um, were there? F- I think there were only three. You know what? Hold on. That's uh, hold on. Let me look. Computer, my book. Because for some reason, because I, I remember as a kid, like just going through Cinemax. Hold on, let uh, me. It, it's it's taken a second to load up my external hard drive, but uh, I have all those movies. So give this a minute. Oh, hold on. Best of the best. I only have two. I think there was only two. Let's do something oh. here. Let's break out the old IMDb. And I will type in best of the best. Hmm. Might be off, but I, for some reason I could have sworn it was five. Best of the best. Up, oh, best of the best. Three and four. There's four. Oh, I gotta watch the fourth. Oh, I gotta watch both of these. Best of the best three is with Christopher McDonald. He was the bad. He was the evil guy in um, Billy Madison. Not Billy Madison. Happy Gilmore, excuse me. And, um, shit. Best of the Best Four is Ernie Hudson in it. Oh, I gotta watch those two. And that's all I see. And they redid Best of the Best in 2003. Don't, don't, don't bother with that shit. Yeah, I need to watch that. But, I mean, the first Best of the Best, come on, badass fucking 
James Earl Jones as their fucking uh, as their coach. Yeah. I, look, that movie. You know what? That could have been on this list too. Uh, yeah, yeah, it could have been. Oh, some of the acting in that movie was god awful. But I, you know what it is? I, I put that in the same like type of role as like I put that in the same categories like a kickboxer. Like not 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 so much the first one, but the sequels. Dude, all they were hokey as fuck. Oh, especially the third and the oh. Once they got past two, um. But for for some reason, <laughs> Sasha Mitchell, <laughs> even though he was a badass in the movie, I, I swear I just kept seeing Cody from fucking uh, Step by Step. Uh. Like like to me that movie. Like I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean obviously he's a he's a badass guy in real life. Yeah. Like with the martial arts, and he's actually super serious. Yeah, but you know in real life he's not he's nothing like Cody. Yeah, but you know who? Come on, but it's like that role. He just is like. No, no matter what else he did, I just fucking see Cody from fucking Step by Step. Yeah. Dude, yeah. You know who else is a badass at fucking martial arts? Ed O'Neill. You know who else is? Dustin Diamond. I, Ed O'Neill I could buy, but I, it's fucking Screech. Screech. Screech could beat your ass if he wanted to. Did you see the celebrity boxing with Screech? Uh, No. I, I, I might have saw clips. Is that the one where you fought, like, Danny Bonaducci or something? No. Were, Danny Bonaducci, I would not want to fight. That motherfucker was ring-ready, dude. He looked like he had, He looked like he ate steroids for fucking breakfast, lunch, and dinner the night before. But, uh, no, I believe Screech went up against Rorschach from, uh, what's happening? Um, um, no, no, no. The, um, Vinnie Barbarino. Yeah, welcome back. Welcome back. Oh, I'm sorry. I I I misunderstood what you said. I'm sorry, Anthony. You were correct. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I believe that's who he fought. And he whipped that. He was about to kill him. Like I literally remember going, "Stop this shit. He's going to kill him." Uh, then I then I have to look that up. You're going to have to YouTube that. Uh, fucking Screech is a badass. You're gonna have to look that up. You're gonna have to look that up. Screech, really? Dude, there's a lot of guys out there with martial arts experience you wouldn't even fucking know. Many actors out there that you wouldn't even know. And then, Ed correct me if I'm wrong. Ed he did actually train under Bruce Lee while he was alive, right? Ed O'Neill did not train under Bruce Lee. Ed O'Neill's more of a Gracie guy. Um, Ed O'Neill was on the Bruce Lee thing... I Ed O'Neill trained under Dan Insanto. He did train under Bruce Lee. Ah, right, right. So, so he got he got secondhand Bruce Lee, second generation Bruce Lee, as they yeah exactly, exactly. And Dan Insanto is one of the like guru Jeet Kundo gurus. You know, it was like you know Bruce Lee top Dan Insanto and. You know, you can make fun of it all you want, but Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, another celebrity that was taught by Bruce Lee. I mean, you know, he. if you watch the final Bruce Lee movie, Game of Death, every guy, every tier, he goes to five tiers in that movie, every tier was a guy he trained. You know, so... Just, Just imagine, like, just imagine... If you got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's height and Bruce Lee's skill, 
that's a motherfucker you do not want to mess with. Listen, uh, he, I would not doubt if he still does some training to this day. I mean, that's something that is ingrained in you, especially learning from a guy like Bruce Lee, who, I mean, by all accounts from everybody, this is, you know, when he trained you, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't fucking around. He was serious. Like another yeah, he you had to take that shit. He was like like an old school like wrestler trainer where they would fuck you up for real. Uh, uh, dude, there's a. It's been on Facebook lately because that it it was redigitized. There is a. Uh, it's said that it's an actual fight, but it's not. It's actually Bruce Lee sparring with Dan and Santo, um, but literally. Bruce Lee is so fast, every time Dan Insanto tries to hit him, Bruce Lee tags him. Every time Dan Insanto tenses up to move to hit Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee slaps him, tags him, tags him. And again, you can go on on YouTube, and I, I believe if you actually type in Bruce Lee versus Dan Insanto, it will come up. It's black and white, it's old, but you can see the speed Bruce Lee had the speed, the accuracy, and the fact that what he was explaining about Jeet Kune Do was real. He said, I mean, in many movies, in order to hit me, you have to move. And when you move, you leave yourself open. So, I mean, he just proved himself over and over. That's a badass fight he has, man. Badass fight. And no... I don't think fucking Conor McGregor is going to do any Bruce Lee shit in the fucking Mayweather match. <laughs> oh, you never, yeah, you never know. He's training now. Got those May, Meg said he's got those Mayweather moves. Don't, don't, you're embarrassing, Mr. Uh, Lee, my friend. Well, come on, we can, but, well, I, I think McGregor will last longer than Punk did. <laughs> oh, I, I, I got faith in that. I mean, McGregor's not, Listen, people forget something, and we'll go back to the movie in a minute. I don't even know how we got on this subject, but um, you got to remember, these MMA guys don't just train wrestling and grappling. They do train boxing and striking. Muay Thai. Muay Thai is boxing and striking with kicks. But, I mean, and and from what I'm reading, um, Conor McGregor can only use one MMA move in this match. Now let me ask you, because this this is like a legendary clusterfuck mm-hmm. of a match. Not the uh, obviously McGregor and uh, Mayweather hasn't happened yet. No. But do you have a, do you have this like weird feeling that this is going to end up looking like the uh, Ali Anoki fight, or you think it's going to be better than that? Uh, I hope it's not the joke that was kind of. I mean, that was sort of a joke. And I, I mean, it, and, it, it basically, I guess it was a work that turned into a shoot. Yeah, and no disrespect to either guy. I would never disrespect Ali, and I would never disrespect Inoki, but not that they can come kick my ass or anything, but, you know, they're, they were pion, both pioneers of their time, and I respect that. Um, but that fight always came off as sort of a joke, and I'm hoping this fight doesn't. I'm hoping we don't get a one-round knockout, um, something bullshit in this fight, which you may get, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. I'm hoping it's better. 
<clears throat> you know, but uh, listen, we'll see what happens. I just hope it's not the joke that every that I'm thinking it may be. Yeah, I, I guess we'll, we'll we'll get a better understanding of you know which way it's going to lean when we get you know more information on how they're going to do it, how many rounds are they going to lean more towards MMA more because if it's a straight up boxing match, you don't have to be a fucking boxing aficionado to know that fucking it's all Mayweather. Yeah, but again, if, if it's straight up boxing. It, McGregor has no well, chance. And I'm gonna say this. Mayweather Mayweather's hard to hit. And you know, even even B Meg says Pacquiao could couldn't even hit Mayweather. Mayweather is a hard to hit. He's a running fighter. I've said this before. You're not gonna get a very exciting Mayweather fight. It doesn't happen. Mayweather ducks, dodges, punches when he can, but most of his fight is running and letting you wear yourself out. It's not exciting, but it's effective, and, it, well, and hey, that's what you yeah, have so to be. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. People, yeah, make little jokes about you know Dan, but he got some. When he hits you, he got some power. Fucking ass, big nah, show. I'm not saying he absolutely, and I'm not saying he doesn't. <laughs> but <laughs> that man, so five six times uh-huh. left him with a bloody nose without even he trying. He broke Big Show's nose. Yeah, with one Legit, punch. Yeah. I remember watching that live. Like he, I didn't even see the hits, and I was looking at it. It was like Papa, and I just saw blood. Yeah, he's got fast hands, man. So, look, I'm, I'm, I'll be watching that fight. I'll, 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 I, I wouldn't doubt if we do a quick after fight thing on the show. Matter of fact, I, I got a feeling we will. Um, at least I, I I'm gonna want to because I'm definitely gonna watch that fight. Yeah, the chat room will be available that day. Oh, folks. that's gonna be a definite big thing. I'm hoping so. Yeah, we'll definitely get that done. I guess we can get back to this movie right now. Yeah, we're almost at the end. Uh, it says an hour and seven minutes, but don't worry. We're not going to last that long with this movie. Um, you know, we okay, so he's fired. We, let's kind of recap here a little bit. We've gone through all that. Uh, Slater is now fired. The lieutenant did ask for his badge. Now, his friend in this movie, again, we were talking about F. Marie Abram, uh, plays John Practice in this movie. He's sort of a politician. And, um, you know, he sort of plays Jack's friend in the movie. So, you know, there you go. Now, they do go to Jack's apartment, finally. Uh, he walks in and immediately shoots the guy in the closet. <laughs> now, I will admit I love this closet. He's got, like, Nine or ten friggin' forty uh, forty calibers uh, lined up there. Same boots, same shirt. Now, let's also remember he did get shot before this, and his shirt was all pelleted up. And uh, he gets to the apartment; the shirt is perfect. <laughs> A little goof in the scene there, but no big deal. Um, you know, so he's looking out, he starts kind of, Slater sort of starts pouring his heart out to this kid, you know, you know, my ex-wife, that's not my ex-wife that calls, I, I just kind of want the guys to think I have a life and this and that, so he pours his heart out to the kid a little bit, but in the meantime, they figure out the plan that's going on, a little bit of the plan that's going on, and, um, they start going to solve this case, now, Remember Frank told his favorite second cousin, Frank, told Slater yeah. that those the two 
uh, mafia bosses were joining forces. That was actually bullshit. Really, what was happening in this movie is one of the mob bosses was ready to take over the other and, you know, usual mafia shit. And they were using this funeral as a plan to do it. Um, the guy's moniker was uh, Louis the Fart, I believe his name was. <laughs> so they figured out there's nerve gas planted in the guy. So they run to go get this, uh, try to get this done. Now, while they're doing this, um, Jack also figures out that, uh, here we go. I'm going to, I'll fuck it. I'll play this part. He does figure out that his friend, we were also, we were talking a minute ago about, uh, you know, F. Murray Abraham, his friend is in on all this, knows what's going on, and is actually trying to uh, get him out of the way. I'll play a little bit of it for you. We've got to stop it. That explains the break-in at the mortuary. Geez, that's brilliant. Come on, we'll use the service entrance and back. We're looking for John. What do you mean? We both know there's no side entrance to this hotel. Oh. Sorry, Jack. I didn't want it to go down this way. Danny told me not to trust you. Hmm. He said you killed Mozart. Mo who? Zart. Again, that's the reference about him being in the movie Amadeus. Throwing it back out there. You know, I kill a lot of people. I can't remember half of them. How do you get to Carnegie Hall? In a body bag if you don't drop that. It's doubtful, kid. Real doubtful. <laughs> Thanks for the fingerprints, kid. You're about to murder Jack Slater. Here. Chain yourself to that pipe. See, Jack, these drug guys, they got more money than the U.S. government. So you cut a deal with a Sicilian scumbag like Vivaldi. Right you are. You see, Vivaldi made up with Torelli, but it was a phony. He's going to destroy him. So, in exchange for letting him alone, he gives me a profit percentage. I'll be rich, Jack. You'll be dead, but... Freeze! Ah! Calls me the cuffs. Man, are you an idiot? You made the classic movie mistake. Don't explain so much. You had to get in those last few words. I mean, if you had just fired, you would have won. But no, you're the typical villain. Dumb. You're no genius yourself, kid. The fart goes off in seven minutes. Get my car. All right, there we go. So they're both trapped now, but we also have the wrong actor for... Um, uh, God damn it. What's his fucking name in this movie? Um, the guy we were talking about from Mobsters. Uh, his name is Anthony Quinn. We completely have the wrong actor here. Um, his name in this movie. I just got it. God damn, it's getting fucking late. Give me two seconds here. Q. The Mobster. Uh, oh, there yeah. we go. He played Tony Vivaldi. In this movie, but he is the same guy has been in mobsters and tons yeah. of other movies. Uh, he played Mas uh, Don Masario in mobsters. The other, uh, not I said I knew it wasn't Farenzano. So there you go. 
Uh, I, I knew I fucked up. Oh, well. Oh, well. Hey, fuck it. We'll edit. No, fuck it. You'll, you'll be able to hear it. We won't edit shit nah, out. Nah, it's fine. It's fine. We acknowledge our fuck-ups. There you show. go. We fucked up. We fixed it. But uh, what happens is the uh, the cat ends up saving these two guys. Here you go. Whiskers, where the hell have you been? Sorry, Jack. Furball problem. <coughs> Seal off the area. It's a possible chemical explosion in five minutes. Thanks, Whiskers. I owe you one. Forget it. You saved my fur plenty of times. There's Danny DeVito right there. Now, they have to go save these people. So, this is a weird... This is a part... I'm not going to explain a lot of this part. It's really kind of confusing, to be honest. He tells Danny to go to a crane. Danny obviously has a problem driving the crane, doesn't know how to do it. And uh, he's going to go up to the roof of this building... And Danny's supposed to get the crane over and grab the body. Obviously, a bunch of comic stuff ensues. Uh, all these gangsters are pulling out guns on Sh on Schwarzenegger. It's really, it is a funny part, but I, again, not can't really play it. Um, but uh, you know, he finally does get the body down there. Um, he gets into some trouble. Schwarzenegger does falls out. Blah, blah, blah. They do end up saving the day, of course, because last action hero. Um, and this is another part we get to see Bridget Wilson pulls up right after Schwarzenegger falls into a tar pit after saving everybody's life. He starts wiping it off, and, of course, his daughter starts pulling up. And here we go. I'll just play it. Fuck it. I hate when that happens. You know, tar actually sticks to some people. Hey, Dad! I heard you were here. I thought you could use some clothes. Thanks, honey. Wait a minute. No one finds this a little convenient? Hey, kid. You always said this is a movie, didn't you? There you go. So now you see, and again, he's kind of not believing him, but making jokes about it. So, and now, Benedict um, kind of starts working his plan out here. Again, we've said from the beginning, he's the real evil guy in the movie. Um, this part I do want to play because this is where he actually goes in. And uh, part of his plan is to... Benedict's plan is to take out Vivaldi. So, but again, it's a funny part the way he takes him out because Vivaldi through this whole movie, you heard him correct him in the beginning. The guy is a fucking idiot and he just loves correcting him. So, I don't know. I figured I'd, let me just, uh, let me get to the exact, play, play. do what? You can play yeah. it. It's not that long. No, it's not. I'm going to get to the exact part in just a second because first he gets the ticket out, puts his hand through the window, and then he gets in there. And I'm just trying to get to the right part. Now, let me ask you, like, um, obviously, you know, we've already established that this is a movie within a movie. Do you think, like, like the, the Benedict character, like, do you think, like, he, it became real to him? Like, it just seems kind of, like, off. That like they never they never really explain why like the bad guys who are clearly characters within the movie 
why they're like acting like that outside of the movie once they get into the real world. Well, he was a bad guy. So, in other, you think they were just operating under the premise that they basically it was real on them, or it was just like the movie carrying over in the real life? It was. This was supposed to be real. To this was their life in the movie. Ah, remember, ah, it's a gotcha. movie about a movie. In a movie. Anyway, here's the part. But yeah, I I, I think they were just carrying out. Okay, this is uh, yeah. this is this isn't a part. This is who we are. Uh, you know, gotcha, I mean, no gotcha. one knows their real names in the movie, and you know, uh, the, the, the Bridget Bridget Wilson's real name in the movie is uh, the actress's name is Meredith, but she's like, no, that's not my name, and you know, it's just it's Whitney. So, you know, it's they don't even know their real name. It's like a work shoot type of thing. Yeah. I, for some reason, I was watching it, and I was just thinking of, like, um, like No Holds Barred for some reason. Yeah. And, like, the whole, the whole premise was when Zeus came on WWF television, like, the movie was real to him. True. They never really acknowledged Tiny Lister. It was like, no, Zeus. Right. And he wanted revenge for his character losing in the movie. <laughs> like, even as a kid, you look at that kind of stuff, and it doesn't make sense, but it makes sense. Well, Zeus was Bret Hart. Let's just put it that way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got a good one in without hearing Shaheen. Shit! <laughs> you just indirectly compared Bret Hart to Zeus, but you'll hear that on you'll hear about that on Wednesday. I will. All right, here we go. <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait a minute. I, I can't hear you. I don't want to miss a thing. Come here. Come here. Hey, Betty, get your stuff. Yes. Was it beautiful? Perfect in everything. Ah, and the gas tanks, poof, were hell pen. Like clockwork. You should have been there. Men, women, and children dropping left and right, writhing and screaming. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I want to enjoy it all. Come on, come on, tell me, tell me. They were writhing and screaming and leaping to their doom to escape the pain. No, not really, I'm lying. It was a complete and utter balls up, and I've had a terrible day, thanks largely to you. What is this splendid? First you're my friend. Now you've turned a 360 on me. 180, you stupid spaghetti slurping cretin. 180! If I did a 360, I'd go completely around and end up back where I started. What? Trust me. There you go. Takes out Vivaldi. And, um, again, Benedict has the ticket and sort of knows what it does, but he hasn't really ventured into the, uh, the other world yet. So, you know, just how it works. But he does, uh, he does start sort of talking to the camera a little bit here. But, uh, you know, he's sort of revealing his plan. And, of course, right now this is where Jack Slater comes in. He comes flying in in the monster truck that his daughter is driving. And uh, this is where finally Benedict and his henchmen uh they do go into the other world so now we are going into the quote unquote real world of this movie if you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah, yeah we're going into the real world um 
So they start chasing him down, and Danny keeps telling him, "Dude, you got it. This is not the movies. Things are different here." So literally, you know, usually when Schwarzenegger would shoot at a car, it would explode. He shoots at the taxi. It does not explode. And he's kind of confused. Um, you know, again, they are in our world. Uh, he goes to... Pl- well, basically, he was shooting blanks. Basically, <laughs> he was shooting blanks. There you go. Uh, so he, you know, so they're finally going in now. They they decide to play chicken, which we didn't bring up earlier in the movie, but they did. And um, they're playing chicken with two cars. Danny's telling him, don't do it. Nah. I'm not going to play it. Danny's telling him, don't do it, don't do it, you can die. Because there is another part I want to play right after this, uh, right after they get into the accident. So they do go, they start playing chicken, they crash, and that's a huge fucking crash, man. Those cars lift off the ground. And another uh, homage part we're about to get to, because... um, here, give me. He runs after Jack, and Jack is okay. But uh, here, I'm gonna go ahead and play it. Fuck it. Damn it, bitch! You're lucky you're still alive, you dumb idiot! Hey, '89 Mercury Sable, standard driver side airbag, checker cap, no airbag. We stop. Okay, okay, just make sure they're dead. Give me a break, they're dead. Just check, will you? Look, dead. They always look dead, like a diehard. The guy's hanging there by his neck, and at the end of the movie, he comes back. All right, make sure to cover me. I think he's got a... Okay, once again, there, same thing. Not only did he mention diehard, but if you listen to the music... It's the diehard music when, you know, John McClane is crawling through everywhere doing everything. So, again, another one. So, I love all these little cameos they threw. And again, dude, there's... Here, I can actually tell you right now. There are cameos in this movie that... I mean, they bring up King Kong, Gone with the Wind. Some movies I've never even heard of. Camille... I've never yeah. heard of uh, this uh, uh, bus stop. You know, obviously Twilight Zone. I've heard of a movie named Madigan. They even they reference Rosemary's Baby, Serpico, Clash of the Titans, The Road Warrior. We mentioned E.T. They even mentioned Forty Eight Hours. I there's so many in here that I didn't even catch. But if you go to IMDb, they mention tons of movies. Um, even a Young Guns case is shown when they're in Blockbuster. Field of Dreams is shown in Blockbuster. Yeah. Uh, License to Kill actually is one of the things that Danny's mom said. One of the movies that we were gonna, you know, was on here. So you know, tons of movie. Even Total Recall, Silence of the Lambs. Even a reference to The Doors. There's a video case in Blockbuster of The Doors movie, too. Um, just uh... Honestly, <laughs> the only thing that was missing was a random, like, valet. A, a random uh, actor as a valet. Like, remember uh, that scene in uh, National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1? Right. Fuck Charlie Sheen just popped up randomly as a valet. 
Yeah. Yeah, Mad Mad World. Yeah, yeah. like I don't know, I don't know why it was funny to me, but I figured like this movie needed that for some reason. Like have like a random big time actor like a va- that just makes a pop up cameo. Yeah. Just imagine like Bruce Willis popping up as like a valet or something. Yeah. Like, yeah give him like one smart ass line and just keep it moving. Yeah, exactly. Um, we take a little. I think my dog's outside barking. Take a quick break here, and we'll uh, we'll get to the end of the movie. Um, bear with us. We'll be right back, guys. Oh. All right. Sorry about that. Had a dog barking in the background. Had to stop that shit. But uh, all right, we're back. Thanks everybody for that. And uh, all right, so we're back at the accident scene. There, uh, they did that the Die Hard thing. And again, like I said, these cameos—not the camp, but the references in this movie—are friggin' like fucking endless. I mean, they just go on and on and on. And that was one of the things that caught Schwarzenegger's eye about the script was the fact that there were so many references and the cameos that they were planning on having um, that he wanted to do this. Now, while they're looking, he looks over and there's a huge billboard which actually has Arnold Schwarzenegger as Jack Slater. It says Schwarzenegger is Jack Slater. So he really does figure out, holy shit, I have been a movie in a movie the whole time. And um, basically his whole life is a lie. Made up. Uh, and I, you know what? I can play... Give me a couple seconds here. Because you're sitting there looking at him and then finally the guy recognized him. So here we go. You think it works? I could have used all this time and I never used it because I, I, I was too frightened. But it's not too late. I can still go visit Garbo and Camille. Uh, Gene Harlow. Oh boy, I had a crush. Monroe in bus stop. Uh, forgive me for, for going on like that, sir. I'm, I'm a great admirer of your work, too. Nick, it isn't who you think. This, this is a wonderful moment for me, Mr. Slater. I've never met a fictional character before. How new and exciting this must all be for you. Hey, I just found out I was imaginary. I mean, how would you feel if you found out that somebody made you up? Your job, your marriage, your kids. Oh, yeah. Let's push your son off the building. Gives you nightmares the rest of your life. But you're fictional, so who cares? I'm sorry, but I don't find it so new and exciting to discover that my whole life has been a damn movie. Young and impressionable. You know, there's lots worse things in movies. There's politicians and wars and forest fires and, and famine, plague, uh, uh, sickness, pain, warts, politicians. You already mentioned it. I, I know I did. They're twice as bad as anything else. <laughs> Most of my life's been movies, too. Well, showing them, but that's all over for me now. All right, that's enough of that scene. Um, Yeah, there you go. So, you know, he, he does... This is, I guess, uh, 
the serious part of this movie where he does figure out his life is kind of shitty. It's all made up. Um, and, uh, you know, so they're, they're obviously trying to cheer him up here. And uh, the only place what's his, uh, that Danny has to go is back home. So he goes to see his mother, and his mother actually, uh, she gives a few references. One I actually just mentioned. So let's go ahead and uh, fuck it. We're at the end of the movie. It's time to start playing some scenes while I finish some beers. Yep. Now, you just follow my lead. Have you got any idea what time it is? The police call, you're not there, you're not here. I don't... Mom, I'm sorry, okay? Shh. Okay? Shh. There are nine million kids out there with guns, and that's all you have to say to me? Okay? Shh. Will you get in here? Wait. You know how you always say you wished I had more friends? Well... Hello, Mrs. Madigan. Arnold Braunschweiger. Arnold Braunschweiger. <laughs> he can't even say his own name right in this movie, which is just hilarious. So, you know, he does introduce himself to her, and as Arnold. Um, and as he's doing that, as they're talking. Uh, Benedict is kind of out walking the streets and, you know, he sees people and he hears a gunshot and he realizes this isn't like the movies. There's no police coming, no people screaming and starts getting an idea that, well, I could probably just go to other movies. So this is what he starts doing. He does actually start going to the movies and getting the characters to the movies to kind of join him and come into the real world so they can start running the real world, too. Again, this is just the bad guy being the bad guy, Anthony. Yeah. I think. But, uh, you know... I mean, it, it makes sense. It's, it's just, like, once again, that whole movie within a movie... Mm -hmm. Like I said, when I first saw this movie, I loved it as a kid. I didn't, oh, I didn't overanalyze it. I'm, I'm trying not to do that now, but now that you, I look back on it, it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, it's like a real mind fuck, but a fun one. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, Benedict actually is talking to the Ripper again. We go back to sort of the beginning of the movie where the Ripper is the one who uh, he keeps having the, the kids on the right, roof, the yeah. kids on the roof. He's having the nightmares about. And um, Benedict's talking to him and trying to con him to come to the real world. And uh, here, I don't know where I am in this conversation. Let's find out. Trust me. You can have complete freedom to do whatever you want. Beyond even your wildest dreams. And you'll never have to go back to this film again. Now, I know you've never heard of this man, but his actual name, believe it or not, is Arnold Schwarzenegger. There you go. So they figure out exactly what to do. 
And again, he's going to movies like, you know, they've shown Night of the Living Dead. He's going after the slasher characters to come out of the movies and try to take over basically the world. Um, you know, Arnold's, Arnold, as Jack Slater, is walking around, and they do figure out eventually after a little, you know, emotional segment between the two of them, which, eh, whatever. It's late. I don't feel like playing it. Um, they do finally figure out that if he kills Arnold Schwarzenegger himself, the actor, then he will actually kill the Jack Slater character. So they figure out that Benedict and everyone else and the other guy, the Ripper, is actually going for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, I want to play a little bit of this. This is where a lot of the cameos start coming in. But uh, the again, the funny thing... Arnold at the time was married to Maria Schreiber. They do introduce them as being married. So again, a little more fact, you know, just in the movie. But I'll play a little of this. Maria Schreiber. So good to see y'all. You a big time fan of Jack Slater? Probably? I've enjoyed it. <laughs> little Richard, right there, by the way. It was just beautiful. I just loved it. The National Choir. Don't talk to them, okay? <laughs> Hi. How are you? Good time. Nice to see you. Hi. Hi. How are you? Hello. I remember, don't plug the restaurants. I just hate it when you plug the restaurants or the gyms. It's so tacky. So why was he going to the... Obviously, the restaurant, Planet Hollywood, uh, him, Stallone. Uh, who else? They were. That was huge for them back in the day. Uh, especially these two, Stallone and Schwarzenegger, were very big into that restaurant, Planet Hollywood, when it first came out. But um, you know, there uh, and you know, uh, Schwarzenegger and Dan—I'm sorry, Slater and Danny—are on their way. But in the meantime, they run. Uh, the media is out there interviewing people, and the Ripper actually comes up, who's actually the Ripper. And I'll go ahead and play it. No, but this was a good like opportunity. That. Chris, Chris, check this out. Look, it's the Ripper from Jack Slater 3. <laughs> scary. <laughs> Let's ask him a question, okay? Wow, we See if look we can at, get him over here. Look hey, at this, a method villain. Rip, Rip, come here. What brings you here tonight? I, uh, I thought I might kill someone. <laughs> Maybe just start with your designer. <laughs> you see, they think he's the character uh playing but uh little do they know give me a second here uh that it's not him and right his agent actually ends up grabbing him and the ripper and right after that guess who walks up here we go the actor who played the ripper replaced the ripper what what are you nuts you want to play action? so they finally figure out the actor who played the ripper just walked up to him and again that was his real name tom noon and uh, again he's been in a lot of stuff robocop 2 was probably the thing he's most notable for um oh wait a minute i i, I can't miss the part where they interview belushi here uh here give me a few seconds here and i'll play it but because again belushi just sort of he's he kind of trashes schwarzenegger but again i believe Probably 10 years, almost exactly, where... I'm not sure when Red Heat was. Might have been 86, actually. Not 83. 
For some reason, I thought it was 83, but here we go. Here's Belushi. Slater says about America. Uh, Do we want to hear it? Uh, I don't really want to hear it. I'm not really a big fan of Arnold's. Uh, <laughs> she is, you know. <laughs> Arnold really turns around, and I just want to be there when it happens. That's all. <laughs> oh, good, Tom. You got the props, too. That's always funny. Just hearing Belushi trash him. Um, believe it or not, in another minute here, Anthony mentioned earlier, we get a little uh, little cameo from Jean-Claude Van Damme also. So, you know, just, again, the cameos in this movie were crazy. But, you know, it was kind of like, uh, you know, here's here's Bobby Brown. MC Hammer somewhere in this movie. I didn't even see him. But, uh, you know, it's just amazing. You know, with the cameos and all that, it kind of reminded me of... Did you ever see This Is The End? The uh, Seth Rogen, James Franco, Jonah Hill, all those guys. No, but that's on my list of things to see. You need to see it. It's 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 sort of he James Franco has a party at his house, and there is a ton of cameos. Michael Sarah, um, um, uh, Kevin Hart is there. Uh, Rihanna is there. Emma Watson is there, or Emma Stone, maybe. I forget. One of the Emmas, the Harry Potter Emma, is there. Uh, it's just there's so many people at that party that you're just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. But, yeah, and, you know, that was just Cammy. They're really, if you think about it, there aren't many more movies like Last Action Hero out there. Maybe because it did bad. Maybe because, again, might have just been ahead of its time. So, I don't know. But, uh, obviously, the Ripper is trying to kill Schwarzenegger. And um, Jack Slater actually ends up being the one, you know, he, he holds a gun. He's holding a gun at the Ripper. Oh, sorry, man. I am getting a little too tired and drunk here. He, he's holding a gun at the Ripper. And, of course, the one person in the, 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 the theater that saves the Ripper is Arnold Schwarzenegger. So now they're seeing each other. So Schwarzenegger and Slater are now in the same scene together. <laughs> Pretty fun. Pretty fun. And, uh, you know, he's basically like, oh, my God, you're the best. Uh, you're the best stunt double I've ever seen in my life here. Yeah, he's trying to sell them on. Yeah, we can open up like a like a little museum, like you know, basically work the gimmick. Yeah, exactly. And this is you know right after, but uh, yeah, give me. And I, I for some I don't know for some reason, Slater we're talking about. He's looked this worse thing and said, "I never liked you." Yeah, he did. <laughs> for some reason, that made me laugh harder than it should. Hey, if you get to Los Angeles, call my office. We can get your shopping center openings up. I don't really like you, right? You brought me nothing but pain. And again, just telling the character, you know, I'm the reason my life is made up. So, you know, but, uh, you know, so they go out, obviously. I don't know if you can figure out where this is going, but uh, guess what? Ends up back on the roof uh, with Danny being in pretty much the same predicament as his kid, uh, as Slater's son, 
pulled off the roof. But in this case, the Ripper just picks him up and throws him off the roof, so we think. And, you know, Schwarzenegger does end up doing, say, uh, killing the Ripper, not the way he thinks. He was trying to get them to fight, ends up uh, electrocuting him. And right after that, he hears Danny. He does go down. He saves Danny. Um, takes a little while, of course, but he does end up saving Danny, throws him back up on the uh, on the ledge. And this is where we again see Benedict. Benedict, again, is throwing out all kinds of movie references here, by the way. Here, give me a second here. I'm going to back up a little bit, and we're going to get Benedict here. Well, actually, give me a couple more seconds, and I'll get to Benedict. I'll start it here. Fuck it. I need a hospital. I think my shoulder is out of the socket. Well, I'm all suffice. Get out, Danny. Give it up, Benedict. The whole army is swarming with cops. Oh, I think I can manage to avoid them. But if not, I have another little explosive surprise for them. Since you're about to die anyway, I may as well tell you the entire plot. Think of villains, Jack. You want Dracula? Dracula? Hang on. I'll fetch him. Dracula? I can get King Kong. We'll have a nightmare with Freddy Krueger. Have a surprise party for that old Hitler. Hannibal Lecter can do the catering. And then we'll all have a christening for Rosemary's baby. All I have to do is snap my fingers and they'll be here. They're lining up to get here. And do you know why, Jack? Should I tell you why? Hmm? Because here, in this world, the bad guys can win. I shall miss you, Jack. There you go. And just like B-Meg says, of course, the downfall of the villain, he spills the beans, tells the whole plan. But in the movie, the in order to tell the whole plan, he uh, he basically is doing what the bad guy is supposed to do, which is, again, Anthony is where I think he is just playing that bad guy over to the real world. This is real to me. It's still real to me, damn it. You know, that's basically what he is doing. And again, he does spill the beans in this movie to basically explain the whole movie. But, uh, you know, he Slater thinks he's out of bullets, but I'll go ahead and play the rest here. Gee, did you make a movie mistake? You forgot to reload the damn gun. No, Jack. I just left one chamber empty. Still had a shot left. Um, so he does end up shooting Jack. Now, again, he's in the real world. This isn't the usual got my vest on. It's just a scratch. This is a a bad shot. And that fucking gun he's using is like a forty four Magnum. 
goddamn dirty Harry pistol. So, you know, he does that. But um, the kid ends up jumping on top of him uh, after crying a little bit, throws Jack the gun. Jack ends up blowing the guy away. Not quite sure how there was another bullet. Oh, I forgot. He loaded the gun and then he dropped it. Uh, but the ticket after Jack shoots him flies away. Um, so now uh, they finally get downstairs. They're in an ambulance. Yeah. And this is where... Uh, the And again, before we get to the ambulance scene, they're watching, uh, I believe, Hamlet again. And death... As the Grim Reaper comes out now, Death is uh, in in McCullen. Is that his name? Uh, I believe so. But Ian be McKellen, be... who I'm sure we all know who this guy is. He was uh, Magneto from the yep. X Men. I mean, I'm, that 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 I'm not even going to go in. Don't need to go into any other movies. He was Magneto from X Men. That's it. I'm done with it right there. Uh, he is coming out, and I'll I'll play the scene later with with him. But um, in the ambulance, this is where Danny becomes a badass. Uh, in the ambulance, Jack Slater, they're losing him. They're all shaking their heads like he's not going to make it. Danny finally says, "Ah, yeah, oh, fuck it, we'll do it." Shaking their heads. Take him home. Take him back to where this is just a flesh wound. Don't you understand? We gotta get him back to the movies. I said turn around. Right, just right. They always run away. Hang on, Chad. Danny, do you know how to drive? Sure, I watched you, didn't I? There he goes. He takes off. Now, obviously, they're going back to the movies. Uh, while they're heading back to the movies, Death is walking around. The, as the, you know, literally walking around. People are screaming, scared to death. I get nothing for that. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Oh, jeez, Anthony. To death? Scared to death. Ah, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, you had broke up. I missed your comment. Yeah, good fucking excuse. I don't believe a word of it. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> hey, Skype fucks me sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, they're, they are heading back to the movie. That was horrible. B-Megs, I know. It wasn't even worth a laugh. They do head back to the movie theater finally. And, um, you know, they realize it's not working but if you remember when we were doing this i said when uh nick gave him the ticket he ripped it in half remember i said that so yeah. we will get to that in a second i just want to mention that leave it a little leave it as a, a, a little uh a little tidbit for another minute now they do go back to the movies 
he tells Nick to load up the movie. We've got to try to get him back into it. So they're loading up the new Slater 4 film. Uh, he's trying to get it rewound and playing. And this is where, uh, you know, Slater's coming up. But this is also where Death decides to come talk to Danny and uh, Slater. Back off! You can't have him! I've had enough to hear with you, mister. Who stays, who goes. Well, I'm telling you, this one stays. I was only curious. He's not on any of my lists. Though you are, Daniel. Now? Oh, no. You die a grandfather. Hey, wait a minute! Help us. You gotta get him back. You can do it. I know you can. I don't do fiction. Not my field. <laughs> Sorry. Unfortunately, you're not very bright. If I were you, I might be looking for the other half of the ticket. Ah, the other half of the ticket. This is why I brought it up. He does go, knocks over the ticket thing, finds the other half of the ticket, finally, and uh, they do end up getting back the whole theater starts lighting up in a magical sort of sense and um they do go back and of course the first thing that happens when they go back of course is uh you know like any fucking movie a little bit of continuity soon as they go back the uh lieutenant lieutenant starts yelling but i'm gonna go ahead and play from the time where the theater's lighting up like magic here we go Actually, give me a couple seconds and I'll do it the right way. Here we go. Damn it, anybody see Slater? You see Slater, you tell him to get in my office right now! Of course, no one has seen Jack Slater. Uh, and they do end up in the hallway once the ticket finally works. They do go back through to the movies, so now Slater's back in the movies, and um, I guess I can play this last little emotional part here. Right, I'm gonna wait till Dan. There we go. Hey, take this. You got to get back before it changes its mind. No way! I'm not gonna leave you. I'm just an imaginary hero, Danny. You have a real life. You're real to me. Don't you get it? You're the best thing, and I need you to... To be here where you can always find me. But I need you to be out there, to believe in me. I need you to take care of your mother for me. Because, oh, I would love to. I would love to fuck her. Oh. Anyway, that was me. Sorry, guys. We have a whole life ahead of you. And pimples and premature ejaculation, I heard. 
just... I'm scared I'm never gonna see you again. Whoever thinks that will be making a big mistake. What is this? Some kind of a joke? I wouldn't even call us a flesh wound. Come on, here, let's get him Obviously, Slater's gonna be fine. Now, before I play the the, the last scene uh, that I want to play, if you remember, oh, about uh, forty minutes back, I was telling you that uh, Danny was trying to get him to pl to say the word fuck. Back in these days, the F word was not allowed to be in any PG-13 movies. Well, it did get snuck in here a little bit. Um, and you'll hear it when I do finally play the last uh, meeting Schwarzenegger or Jack Slater has with the lieutenant in this movie. It does slip through. Yeah, because my, my understanding was always that you can say the word uh, for a PG or a PG-13 movie. They let you get one fucking, mm. <laughs> one fucking, as long as it's not actually alluding to the actual act of fucking. So you can say, like, fuck you, fuck this, fuck that. They give you one, but you just can't, it can't be referring to, like, sex. I don't know. But here we go. Let's just roll this last scene here. It's working again. And you know the cost of that dough is coming right out of your meager but undeserved paycheck. Only kind I got to save the Eagle Foundation doing the fucking tango up and down my right huh? Fucking tango. There you go. That was it. The only time the F word is said, but they said it got through because it was so mumbled that it was just part of like the, a ramble instead of a word. But here we go. Highway, put a sock in it. I don't care who does what to your Hershey Highway. And stop shouting. I'm not deaf. You know why you're shouting? Because it's in the script. You have the comic relief. Yes. And you know what else? I am the hero. So shut up! There you go. A little wink to Danny in the theater. And uh, that's pretty much it. Um, I mean, there's a little part after that where... Uh, Danny tries to give the ticket back to Nick. Here we go. For all Nick. Hmm. It really does work. I had the ticket's yours, Danny. And you know something? I think the magic was yours, too. Come on. Let me tell you about the time I was about your age and my pop took me to see Buffalo. There you go. And that's pretty much the end of the movie. Uh, again. I think this movie might have been a little before its time. This was the first movie I can think of that was like a movie about a movie, like we said before, a movie about a movie within a movie. Yeah. You know, I don't remember anyone like any movie like this, but uh, any again, uh, hold on here. I got to play a little bit of this for B-Megs. <laughs>
little bit of that for you. Um, end of the movie, I knew that was there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, again, the, but this movie to me was, again, I, I, I gotta be honest with you. I didn't realize it was known as a flop in the theaters until I, yeah. you know, uh, many years later. Yeah. And, uh, B Meg's asked, does this movie still hold up? I say absolutely. Yeah. I say absolutely this movie still holds up. Um, I don't see how it couldn't. Again, I think it might have been a movie a little ahead of its time, which is why it got the reviews it did. Um, I think it came out at a horrible time with Jurassic Park being the success that it was. And it was. It was a huge success. Um, but well, well, to be fair, I mean, we say that, but I guess at the time, you figure... Uh, Schwarzenegger had enough of a track record that they figured, yeah, he has a chance. Like he can go head to head. It's not like it was. He was like a no name going going up against this juggernaut. It, it was, I guess, in a lot of ways, it was almost like a surprise. Yeah, it was almost like a surprise because, like I said, Schwarzenegger had the track record of success behind him. So they figured, yeah, he he, you know, there was no way of knowing how big that Jurassic Park would have been at that time. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing they're figuring, like, Schwarzenegger, he got it. No problem. So you think they kind of overestimated? It's where I mean, clearly they did, but I don't know, man. You know, you look at the money it made. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me personally, I don't consider it a flop. I understand why they see it as a flop, but I personally didn't consider it a flop. I I mean, I, I guess money-wise, they would call it a flop. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess like if you're looking at like a movie like Terminator that made what a gazillion, <laughs> like a billion, like millions of dollars, millions mm-hmm. of dollars literally. So in comparison, yeah, it was a flop, but you know what I mean. It, it, it made money, <laughs> so <laughs> you you made your money back almost double. So it's like yeah, I can't consider that a flop. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean it is. Um, I'm looking at the. Uh trivia and there's only three of them that I didn't mention while we were talking about the movie uh, the body count in this movie is 83 Tori Spelling actually had a cameo as herself but it never made the film <laughs> I don't, I don't know why I find that so funny but I do in uh, Danny's apartment in New York is 3D which is the indication that he is in the real world as opposed to the two-dimensional world of Jack's movies. Ah. It was not, oh, this movie was in 3D. No, it was basically an indication that he was in the real world, three-dimensional world over the two-dimensional world of movies. So So basically, it was like a riddle wrapped inside of an enigma. Yeah, man. Exactly. It was a Joe Joe (laughs) Pesci thing wrapped in it. Right, exactly. Uh, (laughs) So, I'm trying to see. Let's see here. Is there any weird, goofy things in the movie? Not really. Basically, all the the weird stuff, the the problems in the movie is uh, just like, you know... Uh, again, most of it is deliberate, so there's not really many goofs in the movie, so I don't even really know why I brought that up. 
to be honest. There's none. None that are worth mentioning in here. You know, like chain visible on Jack's car when it jumps over the trailer. Uh, little things like that. But again, this movie was obviously thrown together very fast. And they were being forced to throw it together fast. You know, they they, they, they had a deadline. This is when the movie had to come out. So they knocked it the fuck out, man. But yeah, it holds up well, so I can't really. Yeah, for my and for me, you know, B Max brought up in the chat that they used to show it a lot on HBO because that's how I first saw. It. I think I saw it like a year or two after mm-hmm. it was in theaters on HBO, and I and I remember, bro, they played this shit a lot, like literally, like two or three times a day. They played this shit. Yeah, it was. It, 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 I mean, it was actually on. Man, I believe like a month ago it was on. Um, and, uh, B-Megs in the chat is also asking if, uh, Austin O'Brien did anything after that. Let's see here. Last action. He's done a lot of things. uh, You know, not nothing that I particularly care for, but he's done something. No, Prehysteria, My Girl 2, uh, Apollo 13 he was in, Babysitter's Club, he did an episode of ER, Lawnmower Man 2, never saw that. Home of the Brave TV movie, not much. I'm trying to think of, uh, I'm trying to look for something here he's done that would be nothing of note and nothing in in post-production right now. So So would it be fair to say, even though it's almost unfair to judge Judge's career based off of one because he was still a kid mm-hmm. here. Well, would you say like this probably was this will end up being his most well known work in terms of like mainstream? Because I remember Lawnmower Man, but that wasn't like a big commercial. No, this hit. was Lawnmower Man two he was in, and um, let's see, B Meg is asking if he was in Never Ending Story two. I do not think so. Double check that. No, he was not the kid in Never New Story 2. But this may have, I mean, this movie being such a, you know, flop, as they say, a, a, a box office flop, we'll call it. Um, yeah, I mean, that can ruin anyone's career. You know, dude, and you really gotta, these kids in movies, it's kind of rare that they really do anything good yeah. afterwards. Yeah. You know, I mean, look at, th- think about it. Think of a lot of the kids that were in these movies and even TV shows. You know, I mean, we mentioned the two Corys. I mean, you don't see Corey Feldman in much. Corey Haim, look what happened to him. I mean, you know, he's he's gone. Yeah. But... What's the shank? Like I said, I was, you know, he was in a movie, um, you ever see a movie called Prayer to Roller Boys? No. <laughs> you had to see that. If you say so. It, it, it came, I want to say, 91, 92. This is, this is like blonde-haired Corey, this is during his blonde-haired days. Okay. Like, he had, when he had the, uh, blonde hair high uh, top, he was making a lot of random I movies. <laughs> yeah, um, like, Dad, Double O Kid, but, uh, Prayer to Roller Boys, look that one up. I actually want to. That's like an obscure one, but that's one I like to review one day. Yeah, we'll get to it, I'm sure. And uh, I don't know, man. I mean, you. I mean, 
like I said, I, I to me this was a good movie. Look, this wasn't a great movie, but listen, you can sit that you can pick apart. I would say damn near any movie if you sit there and analyze every little thing about it. But you know, this movie, if you just sit there and watch it and not have you know, oh, oh that's an inconsistency. It's gonna be a decent movie. It's not it, it's not yeah. great. It's not holy shit, this was fucking holy fuck, that was like Scarface two. No. No. No, this wasn't it. You know, you want bad fucking Carlito's way rise to power. See, I I <laughs> luckily haven't seen that. It's it is I have it, but I haven't seen it. But I mean, you know, yeah, <laughs> I'm, that it just sounds bad. <laughs> no, I mean, come on, this. I mean, honestly, folks, like you know, I, I actually had a couple of uh, movies that didn't make the uh, final poll. Mm-hmm. One of them being Maximum Overdrive. I like that movie. I mean, I, I mean, I remember like it was just kind of like Emilio. Sorry, it's not hard. It's not horrible, but it was kind of hokey. The fucking monster trucks, talking trucks, and shit. And he was like, <laughs> yeah, but you know, uh, it was kind of hokey again, dude. It was that was an eighties movie. People weren't analyzing every little thing about every little movie. You know, I, they they just weren't doing it. Do you know what people did back then? They went to the movies, and they just enjoyed the movie. And then they went home, and they talked to other people that they knew, not on Facebook. They talked to other people they knew about it. And that was it. They didn't go on Facebook and be like, well, I think I saw a wire hanging from her oh shut the fuck up it's a movie it's a movie look at it as a movie it's not not every movie is going to be perfection just deal with it you know you know a movie that i like and it was like another movie that uh was ahead of ahead of its time in a lot of ways stay tuned if you haven't seen that one go see it it's uh, John Ritter, rest mm-hmm. in peace, and uh, Pam Dauber, and uh, Jeffrey Jones. Wow. And basically, the the whole concept of the movie is uh, John Ritter is a couch potato. He's been married to Pam Dauber. They've been married, I guess, I think they want to say, I want to say in the movie they were married for like 10, 15 years. And, and if you've been together that long, you get to that uh, rut. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, he's basically like a couch potato. He's basically he knows everything on the TV frontwards and backwards. His wife could be standing in front of him butt ass naked. And it's like, yeah, get out the way. Uh, the, the honeymoon is on. The honeymoon, you know, I love Lucy V runs around. Like <laughs> he's like so caught up in what's going on on TV. Yeah, and uh, he basically uh, Jeffrey Jones <laughs> plays a creep. Go figure. Very well, and uh, he gets sucked into. Uh, he sells him a satellite dish, and him and his wife get sucked into the TV. It's like a high mm-hmm. concept type comedy where basically the, the the perils of, you know, watching too much TV and what can happen, that type of thing. Right. So it, it, it's like a comedy slash drama that kind of teaches you, eh, go outside more and talk to people, talk to your family. Don't get so caught, get caught up in the idiot box is what they used to call exactly. it. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, B B Meg was saying, I mean, the, you know, that's that's about how he feels about wrestling. Just watch it. But you know, and I I hate to say, but it's sort of what me and Shaheen do is we try to analyze as much as we can. There's a lot I feel that in re- even in wrestling, but again, wrestling is basically. Vince has said it before. They're basically they make movies. They just do it every week. Yeah. You know, so yeah, and I and you know you can say the internet is great, but one of the downfalls of the internet is all the analysts out there. You know, and you know, yeah. you know, you and you know who I mean are just you know they they bring it to people's attention and then people analyze it more and then it's to someone else's attention and they analyze it even more and you know even if you enjoy a movie by the time you even go watch it you're looking for mistakes and then you're like well i don't even it sucks because i was watching for mistakes yeah it's almost like you have to see like you know i'm still going to see and we're going to review the uh, all eyes on me and if you go based off of a what you've heard from reviews and critics and this, that, and yeah, this movie is the most god awful thing you can see. Yeah, but it's like one of those things where look, going, I'm gonna, I go into things with an open mind. So even if, it, even if a movie gets a thousand negative reviews, I can watch it and find something about it that I mm-hmm. like. Because, like I said, you know, movies, like a lot of things in life, are subjective. Some people like chocolate. Some people like vanilla. Yep. It doesn't make either one bad. It just means one group of people prefer one kind over the other. There's a reason why Baskin and Robbins sells 31 flavors. You know why? Because everybody doesn't eat the same fucking thing. And you know something? Dating back from, I mean, the 60s, movies that got bad reviews in the beginning (laughs) and even throughout became fucking... um, Okay, here, here. While we're talking about this, last thing I'm going to do, I have 16 movies that open to bad reviews. Okay, let's do this real quick and then we'll uh, then we'll wrap it up. What do you say, Anthony? Sure. Psycho, 1960 version. Horrible reviews. How many people have never heard of that movie? That's not, that's actually a surprise because that's pretty, that's an iconic fucking movie. Exactly. Horrible reviews. Want to know what else got really bad reviews? Pretty Woman. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm guilty. I, I love that I, fucking dude, movie. Dude, that movie is... Listen. It's like, guys, put, it put Julia... I, I still had that, another movie I still have on VHS. Fucking that put uh, Julia Roberts on the yep. band. and here's another one. Caddyshack. Uh, got bad Fuck reviews. You. you don't like Caddyshack, by the way. Absolutely. Let's see, uh... One of the one of the ones was in Caddyshack's unbashed bid for the mammoth audience, which responded to the anti-establishment outrageousness of National Lampoon's An- uh, Animal House. This vaguely likable, too tame comedy falls short of the mark. Dude, if Caddyshack isn't on your list of one of the great comedies, then you're probably only fifteen nice. years old. Yeah, and and plus, you know, I mean, real quick, I mean, you look at the, the that casting. That's like a that's like a Hall of Fame mm-hmm. crew. And one move, think about it, you got fucking Ted Knight, you got uh Rodney Dangerfield, you got Bill mm-hmm. Murray, you got who else was in that movie? 
Who am I missing? Uh, the first one? You pretty much yeah. named everybody of note. Everybody of note. But uh, a few more I'm going to go through. Let's see. Drop Dead Gorgeous. I never really liked that movie. That's just me. Fight Club. I wasn't a fan of the movie, but it was a huge movie. I'm not denying it. I know it was a huge movie. I just personally didn't really care for it. But that movie was huge, huge, huge. Bonnie and Clyde. I mean, that's a fucking from 1967. How many people use that still as a saying? Oh, they wanted the Bonnie and Clyde ending to go out in a hail of bullets. You know, I mean, here's one. Many people's favorite Kubrick movies, The Shining. Horrible reviews. Oh. And, oh my God, Footloose. Yeah. Footloose got, when we will review Footloose one night. Footloose got horrible fucking reviews. Probably Kevin Bacon's most notable movie is Footloose. Yes, and uh, another movie we had to get to. You just mentioned The Shining. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of backstory to that, uh, especially Shelley Duvall. Like you know, I don't know if you know the story. She went through hell on that um, fucking movie set. And the bad thing is, if you look at her now, she's actually going through some hard times. She's damn near homeless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, but yeah, basically, uh, I think she already had issues going into that movie, but that movie basically. Pushed her over the edge. Whoa. So a lot, like a lot of what you see in that movie is not just good acting. That's her really going through shit. <laughs> a lot of that movie, they were trying to scare the shit out of the cast. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Halloween. Now though, the original Halloween from 1978. Um, this movie I never cared for, but again, a huge movie for its time. First Wife Clubs, First Wives Club from 1996. Look, that was a big chick flick. You know why? It had Bette Midler in it. Bette Midler was, um, you know, huge in the late 80s, early 90s. If she was in a movie, it did great. Uh, The original Alien from 1979, people still today reference this movie. And one of my second favorite, favorite Christmas movie... After uh, a Christmas story, Scrooged, horrible ratings, but fucking great movie. Uh, the Night of the Hunter from 1955. I'll be honest, never seen it. Jennifer's Body, 2009, never seen it, but I see Megan Fox in it. Uh, Heartburn, 1986. This I remember. Not a great movie, but mm, not the worst. Wet Hot American Summer, 2001, never saw that. And that's the end of that list. But, um, but I mean, it just goes to show that some of the greatest movies out there got horrible ratings. <coughs> ratings don't mean anything. You know what ratings are? And this is what people don't get anymore. Ratings are someone else's opinion on the movie. You are still able to go make your own opinion. You're still yes. allowed to do that. Even even yeah. in 2017, just because fucking, you know, Shitty McGee says, oh, this was the worst fucking movie I've ever seen, doesn't mean you have to fucking be the one to be like, well, I'm not going to see it now. Listen, people make fun of all the Transformers movies and shit. I like them. I like them. Yes, there's senseless explosions and bullshit. You know what? I don't give a fuck. 
I like them. Yeah, and everything, and plus you have to look at who a movie's geared towards. Like the, uh, and it's not on the list, but uh, you know another movie that made fucking crazy money at the box office, but got shitty movie. It got shit on by every fucking body. Uh, Scooby Doo. Yeah. That that made a shit ton of money, and I don't recall reading one positive review on no, that movie. No, dude, you got to remember, bro. Movies like Scarface got bad reviews. Blow got bad reviews, and I thought Blow was one of the best movies that Johnny Depp has ever done. You know, besides you know uh, uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, but I thought that was one of the best. Which which there's another movie that got horrible fucking ratings, but. People fucking, you know, a lot of the really good movies that people reference to this day are are movies that got bad reviews. That should tell people a couple of things. A, once like I once again I just said it's just someone's opinion, and two, maybe those guys are way too fucking criticals on uh, critical on movies that are doing the fucking. Yeah, I know they're called critics, but. Maybe you should be a little more fucking open-minded. That's all I'm saying. But, you know, I I enjoyed this movie. And again, I'll say it. This movie might have been a little ahead of its time. B-Megs, by the way, in the chat room is saying he's never watched Footloose and my heart is broken. Yeah, and, and uh, I guess we can uh, almost wrap it up on this note. Uh, you know, another movie, one of my favorites that got bad mm-hmm. reviews, and I pulled up a little quick quote on it. Porky's, the original one. Okay. So, uh, under the uh, critical responses that I'm reading here, it says, Porky's received negative reviews. Review aggregation website Rotten Tomatoes, fuck them, by the way, gives the film a score of 30% based on reviews from 23 critics. Film critics Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert were offended, offended by Porky's and later called it one of the worst films of 1982. In particular, they criticized the film for its objectification and degradation of women and the childish nature of its antagonist. Now, to me, once again, it wasn't meant for, who you know, the guy who made it was Bob mm-hmm. Clark. And it was geared towards, like, you know, adolescents, 12 to 16, 17-year-olds, who thought the movie was fucking hilarious. And you have to understand something. Not everybody makes a movie with the idea of this is going to be like an Academy Award nominee. It's going to win all of these awards. And it's going to be regard. Some people make movies just for entertainment. Yeah, not everything is fucking Gone with the Wind. Not everything is fucking Hamlet. Yes, we brought these movies up tonight. And that's why I'm mentioning them to keep with the movie. But no, not everything is going to be a fucking Academy Award. Some people make movies to have fun. If you don't think Seth Rogen and those guys make movies just to have fun, if you think those guys give one fuck about what these critics say, then you really need to wake the fuck up. They don't care. They make movies because they want to. And you know what? Those Seth Rogen movies and those you know James Franco and Jonah Hill, they make money. Money. You can make fun of any Adam Sandler flick, and you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to look at you and go, how much money did that make? How much money did that Adam Sandler flick that he's talking? Adam Sandler Sandler has been been eating, if you've seen him recently, eating still. 
eating well off of those he 90s flicks. should be, dude. Let me tell you something. Adam Sandler made millions talking baby talk. And you know what? I don't hate him for it. I don't hate him for it. You know why? I like the movies. I like his comedy. And you know what? He got over with the right audience. Teenagers loved him. They were imitating him. People talked like fucking Billy. I mean, they were making all kinds of that movie. Any Adam Sandler movie, I guarantee they all get bad critics. Those critics hate those movies. They get bad reviews. And you know what? Next thing you know, you look over. Oh, my God. That movie made fucking $90 million. And case in point. Okay. And. And look, I can understand why he did it because maybe he like he realized at some point he was getting older, and and maybe and, and a lot of times he just wanted to you know make movies that I guess you know just to be yeah. different. But notice that any time he ever deviated from an Adam Sandler movie, i.e., Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, and did like that uh, Eight Crazy Nights, or whenever he would try to delve into a more serious type role, didn't do quite as well. No. The critics loved it, but his fans is like they felt like it's almost like they felt like he sold out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like punch. Uh, what was it? Punch drunk and punch drunk punch love. love and movies like that. Yeah, those aren't great for him. But I'll guarantee they didn't lose money. I will tell you right now, those movies did not lose money because Adam Sandler has enough loyal fans to go see those movies. I guarantee he does. He didn't lose a penny. Number one, the guy gets paid $20 million a movie. He was like one of the first $20 million men. And he he fucking, you know, he, trust me, he's not losing a penny on his movies. Any of them. Whether they, but yeah, most of his, Billy, if I remember correctly, Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore got like disgusting reviews. And then they yeah. were two of his biggest fucking hits. Yep. You know, Waterboy. I remember the reviews for Waterboy. I didn't care. I went and saw it anyway. And I and honestly, you talk about him being a twenty million dollar man. You know who else would have been in that same ballpark? Chris Farley. Yeah, he would have been. Chris fucking Farley. I mean, you know, I, I, I'll sing that man's praises till my dying day because you know what? He people considered him. Loud, obnoxious, crude, and that's why we fucking loved him. He only made a handful of movies, but you know what? They are fucking great. You can't tell me that you, if you flicking through your TV, your fucking uh, YouTube or whatever, you come across Tommy Boy, you gonna stop and watch it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Um, yeah. See, even B Meg was saying I thought some of Sandler's best stuff was the baby talk stuff. Yep. And the critics fucking hated it. Those were his best money-making movies. So, you know, diss on all these movies all you want. Again, critics are nothing but people who give their opinion on movies. You're welcome to make your own opinion. And I definitely think you should. So, I don't know, man. On that note, what do you think, man? Let's wrap yeah, this bitch up. I think we it all. Good discussion Absolutely. on that one. Absolutely. To be honest with you, dude, I don't even feel like doing plugs. You guys know we're on fucking Mixer.com slash THT podcast. You guys can find me and Anthony on THT Movie Review everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. 
And uh, never forget to check out me and Shaheen Wednesday nights, 9.30 p.m., same spot, Mixer.com, so that's THD Podcast. And you can find us the same way, THD Podcast, Mixler, Facebook, everywhere else. And on that note, Anthony, this was a fun show, man. I appreciate it. And uh, I'll see you next week, man. All right. So, Anthony. Go home and get your fucking shine box. Later.